My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am, as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 298, it's AEW Fighter Fest and Fight of the Fallen. But if you're doing, let's start with the alternate intro. The first rule of Fighter Fest is, you do not talk about Fighter Fest. The second rule <laughs> of Fighter Fest is, you do not talk about Fighter Fest. The third rule of Fighter Fest, if someone to stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. The fourth rule, only two guys to a fighter fest. Uh, the fifth fighter fest rule is one fighter fest fight at a time, fellas. Is that Seamus? Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights fight at fighter fest for going as long as they have to. And that is the eighth and final fight fest rule. Is if it's your first night at fighter fest, you have to fight fighter fest. <laughs> and now the intro. After NXT hit it out the park with Great American Bash, could AEW respond? With massive moments and matches at Fighter Fest and Fight of the Fallen, let's fight to find out Fighter Fest Fallen. Tonight on TNT, Fighter Fest is here. Talk about bad blood. Every championship will be on the line. It's not a pay per view. It's free television. You cannot miss this extravaganza. It's the start of the two-week event, AEW Fighter Fest on TNT. Watch Wednesday Night Dynamite tonight at eight. So let's begin. Of course, we do predictions. And last time we visited Dan, got the pay-per-view win at double or nothing. Who would get the win today? Dan, we want to explain the prediction leagues for everybody. Yes, we have four prediction leagues. WWE pay-per-view, AEW pay-per-view, NXT pay-per-view, and a bonus league as well. And the scores at the moment, I am 6-5 up on WWE pay-per-views. We are one apiece on AEW. I am 4-1 up now on NXTs after the last uh, episode. And you are, I, I am 9-8 up on bonus points. You are indeed. And the show opened with Jericho entering to join the commentary desk. MJF and Wardlow then entered for the opener. MJF cut a strong promo on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. He said he thought he and Wardlow dispatched with Jungle Boy and his dinosaur once and for all. He ripped on Jungle Boy going through his daddy's money and saying Luchasaurus was greener than his tongue. MJF said he finally understood why this match was made, even though he and Wardlow had already beaten Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. He said it's because they're in a ratings war and you can't win without MJF on the front lines. So after, like I said, an enjoyable Great American Bash, let's start AEW Fight Fest. Then it's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus MJF and Wardlow. Both teams have just got to the ring and Jungle Boy looks like he's going to start. And my God, he comes flying out to MJF. And these two men 
had an absolute war at the next pay-per-view. Uh, of course, prediction-wise, in this one, I'll start off, and I've gone for MJF and Wardlow. Well, James, I've actually gone for Wardlow and MJF. And what are your reasonings going for them? I think, you know, despite what I think of MJF being a complete and utter tool and not worthy of being uh, the hill that he's being portrayed, that they're still going to get the victory because AEW think that he is a good heel for I, some strange reason. I think he's not a bad heel and I've quite liked Wardlow in recent times as well with his squash matches and we've seen a little bit more from him than we've um, maybe had before. With MJF, have they waited after the Cody Rhodes, uh, after the Cody victory uh, to kind of go forward with him? Is he just treading ground at the moment in AEW? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, this what Mid to lower card feud is kind of proving that as he does the Jeff Jarrett strut or is that the Ric Flair strut? Well, I think it could be the MJF strut now as he wants Luchasaurus in. And of course, like we said on Dynamite uh, last week, it was Wardlow defeating Luchasaurus and MJF. Wardlow going to take over now. When we talk about the staging and the look, it's the same, uh, same setup as it basically was for the last pay-per-view double or nothing. And uh, of course, a set forward with the fight fest around the, the ring as well, which kind of adds a bit to it. This was supposed to be, of course, uh, a pay-per-view, but they put it across two dynamites. And they did this a lot long time before NXT decided to counteract with a great American bash. So we know right now this is kind of going up against the women's elimination match. That started uh, I mean, if you were tuning in to either, what one would pique your attention, do you reckon, at this moment in time? Oh, most definitely I'll turn off fucking MJF. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are going to have the ratings, of course, later as well. And the Twitter poll that we ask everybody, what was the better show, AEW or NXT? Now, the thing I like about AEW, we watch it with Dan, is he's a little bit more critical with AEW than he is with NXT. And I think that kind of shows that's what we want to see as well. You know, AEW have been around for a year now. And they've got to step up and uh, put on some great shows. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. With Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I mean, I, I like them, but I don't know if they should be involved in a feud like this. Um, no, you know, I, I don't know. It's a man dressing up as a dinosaur. What the fuck? And then someone, that Marco Stunt, he's like about two and a half foot tall, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, Marco Stunt's not that tall, but... Marco Stunt is rhyming slang for something really rude in England. Oh, is it? I wouldn't know. Shut up, you Marco Stunt. <laughs> so... MJF, so you're not a fan of this match at this moment in time, Dan? I am definitely not, no. MJF, I just think he is a complete tool. What would you do to change it? Do you think there's too many tag team matches in AEW? Would you have MJF <laughs> as maybe a singles run? or you know, How would you improve it? Um, I would fire MJF <laughs> and have Ward Lamont right. the hill that MJF should be. Okay, so what is your problems with MJF? Let's dissect it now. As Wardlow and MJF are in control. Well, after hearing his promos, he talks like he's a bloody 80s wrestler. His promos are straight out of the 80s wrestler's promo book. But he's still in character all the Women time, Women should be taking care of kids and, you know, cooking and cleaning. And men are the ones that should be in a wrestling ring and... It's just, really? But because you dislike him, doesn't that make him a good heel? No, I dislike him. I di- I... Yeah, exactly, so you would no, boo him. No, I dislike him as a person, not him as a wrestling character. Well, Luchasaurus has just come in, and he's a house on fire. Take backs Wardlow up to the corner. So Wardlow, though, is someone that you see as potential. It might be a big muscle guy, though. I see Wardlow as a big, you know, as a big guy 
that could potentially do some damage. But I think, you know, at this current moment in time, Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus or Marco Stunt, whichever one with a mask is, is seems like the more dominant force out of these four guys in the match. Well, I, I would suggest the one that looked like a dinosaur would be Luchasaurus. I'm just... I'm just... Well, I don't know. Dinosaurs <laughs> live in the jungle, don't they? <laughs> I, I, would, I would suggest that's probably the way it goes. As Luchasaurus now taken down Wardlow. But I think it's fun. I think it's great that, you know, they've got something like this set up. And it is it's, it's completely different. You wouldn't get this in NXT. Yeah, I know, because NXT's better than that. Well, there you go. You're going to start it now. But Luchasaurus with a choke slam. I mean, who would you rather have as a heel? Tommaso Ciampa or MJF? At this moment in time, probably MJF. <sighs> get out. No, I'm just saying. Get it. out the Ciampa. WNR cottage. Ciampa is, you know... I think with MGF, there's a lot of potential there, and I think the fact that you don't like him actually makes it work a little bit. I don't like the person. I know, but again, you c- he's, it's still a dislike to him, whether he's doing it intentionally or not. It's still a, a, a reaction he's getting as opposed to a nothing. You know, like when you enzoed him, you know, like, I said, with MGF, there's a negative reaction, so that means good. It's like Miz, Miz during that time. I can see a lot of MGF in the Miz when he was kind of breaking out. That kind of work. And he had to kind of prove people wrong. So where can you see MJF going? I can see MJF beating Moxley for the, the title. Fuck off. <laughs> He's just saying that to stir the fucking pot. I'm not at all. The only good thing about it is Jericho on commentary. Oh, Chris Jericho is always awesome on commentary. And Jungle Boy now getting a hot tag. Eliminates MJF from the Rumble. Or whatever the AEW equivalent is of a Rumble. The Casino um, Battle Royale ladder match. And oh, now... for that stupid bloody ring. Oh, would that you stop? And now Luke, uh, Jungle Boy, over the top. That was impressive there. Well, baseball slide through the middle of the ropes and then over the top. The old trivector. Look at him. Someone's actually let their son run around at ringside or something. No, that's just stunt. And now Wardlow got hold of Jungle Boy. Got around the throat. Oh, looking to choke slam him onto Barry Kay. But Jungle Boy flipped over it, landed on his feet. Here comes Luchasaurus Rex. Over the top, taking out Wardlow. That's huge impact there. You get the fans shouting A-dub as they've definitely turned this up here. MJF in all sorts of trouble. MJF getting loaded up for the cutter-type manoeuvre. No, two count, but Wardlow comes in to break it up. Two. And Wardlow now looking to even things up for his team. Like I said, unbeaten in singles action. Picks up Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus with the backslide, though. Oh! He's caught a Hurricane Rana. Wardlow with a Hurricane Rana. I never thought I'd say that. Catches Jungle Boy. Swings him up onto his shoulder. No. A reverse Rana by Jungle Boy. Whoa. And that's some good shit there, Dan. You can't say it's not. As Wardlow now get back to his feet. Turns Jungle Boy inside out of a clothesline. Luchasaurus is up. Catches MJF's foot. Flips him backwards. He barely lands on his feet. Gets a thumb to the eye. Now Marco Stunt distracting the ref. And Luchasaurus with a set-up powerbomb. MJF managed to bounce up, hit the superkick, go back down again. So all four men are down in a great opening match. Yeah. That was impressive by Wardlow. It's okay. It's not great. It is good. It's good. Yeah. Oh, and Jungle Boy and MJF nip up to their feet. <laughs> Luchasaurus and Wardlow do the same. Oh. Take each other out with a clothesline. Jungle Boy stepping stone. <laughs> Into a Panama Sunrise. And now Luchasaurus got hold of Jungle Boy. Oh, went for the DDT but got caught. Wardlow went for the suplex reversed. Catches Luchasaurus with an elbow. 
Marco Stunt off the top. He's getting involved. That should be a disqualification. Well, he hasn't touched Wardlow yet. What, he just threw his whole body at Wardlow but didn't touch him? No, because he caught him. touched him. God, and he threw him again. And a low blow to Luchasaurus. Roll up by MJF. Two. Two. No. A kick out. Uh, And now MJF tagging in Wardlow, who goes up top looking to finish. The big man off. Big man. Sent on bomb. My God, Wardlow. What a move. Two. Two. No. How did he not get that? Luchasaurus count. Well, the agility there, the big man. And can they come up with a plan? MJF now calling. Well, I think they've tried plan A. That was unsuccessful. They're going to look for plan B. Oh. And the ring that MJF won is being set up now. And he's going to clock Luchasaurus. Oh, who ducks out the way. Kicks the right hand into Wardlow's face. MJF gets pulled out by Jungle Boy. And Wardlow doesn't know where he is. Spinning heel kick. Kick to the face. Jungle Boy with a springboard DDT. And Wardlow needs to catch his breath back. Well, he's looking to psych himself back up, but he gets, walks into the hand of Luchasaurus. Chokeslam. <laughs> Immediately sits up, catches a kick, and a standing moonsault. Two, three. three. Wardlow kicks out the last uh, after the three. Uh, three. T- too late then. Job done. Dan, come on, man. You can't say that wasn't entertaining. What did you think of the match? It wasn't entertaining. <laughs> like, it wasn't too bad, you know, as far as openers go. Um, I don't, again, it seems like, you know, that it's a kind of making a mockery of finishers. I mean, sitting up straight after the choke slam. Who no, does that? Look, I, I feel with Wardlow doing that, it makes him look more of a monster even though he lost. Uh, I still think it was brilliant towards the end as well, that kind of exchange that he had. My only problem is MJF kind of being used as a, a stepping stone, as it was, for for um, Jungle Express to get the victory. I just didn't really understand that. I thought, why is MJF, he's in a position, is he going to lose that one? Obviously, that's why we went from predictions. So, yeah. we got that wrong. So, it's, uh, it's uh, nil-nil to start us off as we move on. Yes, a commercial aired for the AEW Dynamite Puppy Battle Royale which will air next week after Fighter Fest. Lance Archer and Joey Janela had a pull-apart brawl in the crowd. I saw zero masks among the dozen or so fans that were shown in this shot, like you were saying, Dan. A Hikaru Shida and Penelope Ford hype video played. Both come off as big stars in this. Well done. And then we get the AEW Women's World Championship matches. Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford coming out with Kip Sabian. Uh, predictions in this one. Dan, who have you gone for in this I match? have gone for Shida to keep her title. And I have gone for Hikaru Shida as well. I mean, she's got a singles record of 12-1 and one this year. And she uh, beat Nyla Rose, of course, at double or nothing to be the champion. Uh, you've got a problem with the, the title belt in itself. But I think Shida is one of those who has been really impressive. You see with the kendo stick. Uh, got a victory. I think she's she's one of those that can actually make the AEW women's division really interesting. What are your thoughts? Um, well, as you say with the title, the problem I have with it, it's kind of like the title represents exactly what I think that they think of the AEW women's division. Small, worthless, pointless. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that, what do you think of she does before? Because I think she's really delivering at this moment in time. Honestly, I think she is kind of carrying the women's division on her back at the moment. 
I don't think there is too many legitimate challenges for her title in AEW at the moment. Um, you know, I, I think they're just kind of throwing any old Tom, Dick or Sally at her just to kind of give her numbers and victories and well, give her wins. Penelope Ford is not a number one contender as such. She's been quite lucky to find herself in this situation. situation. And, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Kip Sabian was getting in the face of Aubrey Edwards. And she said to him, I'm not having that. Why didn't she do the arm roll to send him out? I know you're disappointed with that, aren't you? Very. She just points out and says, you're out of here. <coughs> Kip Sabian. Oh, and he's taking a kendo stick. <laughs> well, I think that's him. He puts it in his mouth to own property. I don't think anybody wants to touch that now. Maybe apart from uh, Penelope Ford. And here we go. Oh, Sheila comes straight out of the blocks, running knee. <laughs> oh, Ford with a backslide. Eats a kick to the midsection and thrown into the second turnbuckle. Sheila's come out of this match and she wants it bad. Now, that's that the first match. They only just come running at each other. And it's uh, it's quite cool. It shows there's uh, a passion there for getting the job done. As Penelope Ford needs to put in a top performance here tonight to even kind of be with Sheila at this moment in time. It's going to be difficult. Catch herself on the outside using a bit of intelligence. Well, says so she's brainier than the average bear but gets caught with a baseball slide to kind of shut her up. But there is zero social distancing in this crowd. There is zero masks apart from that Lucha Libre-looking wrestler. <laughs> but I think he has to wear a mask. Well, yeah, there's no mask at the moment as Ford sending Sheeda into Barry Cade. And a bit of trouble now. Ford needs to press on the advantage, but Sheeda picking her up. Bouncing on the hard part of the ring and drapes her over. Well, this is fight fest, and everybody's in for a fight. And here comes, oh, a huge running knee lift from Sheeda. And Sheeda just screams, and at the moment, making light work of it. Irish whip reversed, back in ring. Now Ford comes running in, gets teetered on top. Sheeda with a roll, and now with a knee strike, but Ford was prone to that and managed to hit the kick instead. Bouncing Sheeda's head off the turnbuckle. So what do you, so what do you think's needed for the AEW Women's Division? Is it an influx of talent, you know, into the division, or is it a case of just more matches and more time spent? Um, I think they need more of a focus on the women's division. Uh, I think they need a few more women with talent. Um, yeah, I think they need something solid there as well. So if you were looking to pick and say, right, what women would you have to go in AEW right now and to have that kind of impact? What, from NXT, WWE? Well, you can pick from them. You can pick someone like Tessa Blanchard or, you know, uh, I would probably have like Tennille Dashwood because, you know, uh, from Emma. I'd go, from, I'd go for Jordan Grace from Impact. I think she is, uh, certainly has an abundance of talent. I'd probably go with Piper Niven, you know, as a... Kind of very talented woman. I probably wouldn't touch any of the four horsewomen. Um, I don't know, maybe Io Shirai, Kari Sane, someone like that. Um, and a few of the NXT women, you know, I could just toss a net in and take any of them, I think. Yeah. Then. So, I mean, this is the thing at the moment. I think AEW, you know, there's a few women there. But again, not being used is, is a bit of a shame. You know, you talk about Britt Baker had that injury. So, of course, you know, that is a bit back as well. But, you know, what's got to happen, though, is if they get given a bit of time, like Penelope Ford, she's got to take her chance here tonight against Sheeda. And at the moment, she is. You know, she seems to be in control. But Sheeda, though, got slapped and responded with one back. And how will Ford able to take that? 
Well, she's going to give as good as she gets. And both women are exchanging slaps in the middle of the ring. But again, a company like AEW that says, oh yeah, we do things differently here. We go on rankings. I'm sure Penelope Ford hasn't got as many victories as other women have. No, no. Uh, this is kind of more of a, I don't know, personal rivalry or so, but it's kind of ended that way. And I don't think anybody really thinks Ford is going to come out on top here. But again, she's putting in performance. Then That was an awful handspring back up. Well, she got caught with it. But a sleeper's locked in. Ford's getting spun around and draped over the knee backwards. And Ford in all sorts of trouble as the back, just getting wrenched. And Sheeda now releases a hold, picks up on her shoulders. Oh, my God. Huge backbreaker into a cover to, no, kick out. Uh, well, Sheeda can't believe it. And that was huge impact there. And now she's calling a shot, maybe looking to put Penelope Ford away. And she hits the Falcon Arrow into the cover. No, Ford reverses. Two. No, oh. nearly picked up a sneaky victory there. I imagine to uh, get the shoulder off at two. Two. Sheeta can't believe it. Rock back into the corner. She realises Ford's not messing around. Knee to the midsection. Sheeta looking to go up top. And now Sheeta going to come down with a drop kick. Wow, Ford kind of ducked it. Gets <laughs> hit with a cutter or a stunner. Well, <laughs> she did the Matrix move. Hit the stunner. And then went for the cover, but only gets a two. Two. And well done, Penelope Ford there. That was very innovative, that move. And she's checking with Edwards now, making sure. Well, I mean, maybe not the best stunner in the world, but again. Well, it was crossed between a cutter and a stunner, so I call it a... A scanner. scanner. <laughs> well, she grabs the championship belt. And oh, look who's back. Kip Sabian. Look at that. He's that kendo stick. Sheila catches it and catches Sabian with it. And a huge shot to the noggin. Sends him outside. Ford coming back in. Handspring. Oh! Cutter. There you go. She hit that. One, two. No. You don't see the handspring cutter every day. And uh, that was close. She'd have got the shoulder up. But you wonder, has she got much left in her? And did Sabian do the distraction worthwhile? I don't think what he was intending to do with the distraction kind of paid off. Well, she managed to get the offensive move and nearly got the job done and now finds herself maybe a second away from becoming the new AEW Women's Champion. Moonsault. Oh, no. Sheeta moves out of the way. Oh, my God. And a shot to the back of the head from Sheeta. One to the side of the head. And now pick it up. We saw it earlier. Didn't get the job done, will it? Do it now. Falcon Arrow connects. One, two. No. No. Kick out. Ugh. And Sheeta just seems so angry, rather than frustration. A fair play, Penelope Ford. Oh, my Shining God. Shining Wizard. One, two, two three. three. And the Shining Wizard finally gets the job done for Sheeta. Oh, she folded her up in the end, and uh, Kip Sabian couldn't save Penelope Ford there. Uh, but for a match, do you know what? I enjoyed it, and I thought Penelope Ford someone I wasn't really going to give much credit to actually delivered in this one. And I think credit to her. I think a couple of moves really stood out. And uh, it took a lot for Sheeda, who was a dominant women's champion, to put away. And I think that looked good. Dan? Yeah, it wasn't a terrible match. You know, this is how the women's division could be if given a lot more light, given a lot more predominance to it as well. So anyway, it doesn't matter. We both get a point and it is one all for AEW at the moment. Chris Jericho called this the best match of Ford's career, and he was right. Both women were awesome here. 
Uh, Taz broke down John Moxley's double arm DDT in a video package. And our next match is a TNT Championship match, and it's Cody with Arn Anson versus Jake Hager with Catalina Hager, his wife. So predictions in this one, I have gone for, and still TNT Champion Cody Rhodes is coming out here with a new T-shirt. Well, a new shirt that has an old-school Great American Bash theme to it. Yeah, mm. little shirt. I mean, that's fair enough, isn't it? You see the fireworks. Dan, who have you gone for in this one? I have gone for, and still holding on that really fucking title, Cody Rhodes. It's, it's not a nice-looking championship. There's no doubt about it. But still, Cody has has been, I think, the best thing to come out of AEW since it has begun. I think he's been consistent. I think all his matches have been great. I think his responses are so positive as well. This man can kind of do no wrong in AEW. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes and the man? Um, you know, if you don't make yourself a company and give yourself a, a, a title, then you're going wrong somewhere, I believe. But, you know, he has had some very good matches. You know, you can't deny that. He's not put himself into the main spotlight. I think he can come across as a bit chummy. Hang on. I'm going to take you to point for a thing you said. This is a man who was Ring of Honor champion when he went there. He didn't own that company. That's a man. If he was in Impact, would you say Cody Rhodes would be Impact world champion? Yes, he would be. If he was in Japan and he was feud, would he be champion? He probably would be. That's a guy, Cody, any promotion he would go to. Just because AEW is saying that he's a part of, doesn't mean that Cody Rhodes doesn't deserve title opportunities and championships. I mean, that would be crazy to... In the first year. In the first year? Yeah. If you want to build a company, yeah, you've kind of already established yourself. You don't need to build up yourself because it is your company. The idea is to build up different wrestlers. I mean, why don't you just have a match against an ex-WWE wrestler? Oh, he is. Uh, Oh. Oh, you're such a negative. Why don't you just have a feud against an ex-WWE wrestler? Oh, you have. I think he's gone against every single ex-WWE wrestler that has been produced. Are you talking Cody or Moxley? Because I think... I think the same goes for both of them, really. You're going to get so much shit from the AEW people. That's why you've been avoiding Twitter. I know you have. And this is what you're going to get for this. I mean, Cody has been fantastic. Jake Hager... They've done more with Jake Hager in a year or six months than WWE ever did with Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger was We The People... And that was it. A world title run that never happened properly. I mean, come on. You've got to admit Jake Hager has been used better now than he was in WWE. Jake Hager is just a light version of Brock Lesnar. I mean, the MMA style fucking fighting person. But does every, just because they've got MMA hybrid, does that mean anything? You know, uh, it's just, just the thing. I mean, Hager's only loss is to John Moxley. And, you know, tonight, there's no doubt he can maybe get the job done. So you're saying AEW are relying too much on XWE guys, but everybody's an XWE guy nearly now. WWE signed fucking everybody up, didn't they? Well, not particularly. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't repackage a fucking shoe and call it a diamond ring, can well, you? Well, they revival. Oh, they're XWE. They don't get a fair crack at the whip. They do. They deserve it, yeah, because they kind of... So what's the difference between a revival and a Jake Hager? Is because the revival, revival were good and successful. Jake Hager... Wasn't so because he wasn't successful. You can't be. He can't be used and be made into. Well, success. no, he wasn't good. Yeah, but they might. Be, his style. Hager's been entertaining me for the past few months. Now. We said this on the this, this stampede. It, he's he's more comfortable in that role. 
He is, yeah. A non-talking kind of standing in the background being someone's heavy role. Yeah, exactly. But not a, not a kind of solo standout on his own kind of guy. But this is the kind of secretary championship. And, it, you know, Cody beats someone of Hager. And I think that helps out, you know, because, again, it's that little bit of old people still know who he is. I think even a casual fan, is it, you're going to need that little bit of help. It'd be interesting what type of match they do, because at the moment it's kind of... Um, I was going to say catch-as-catch-can style, but maybe that's what Hagen wants to play in this one. Well, so you'd say this one, would you compare it to, like, the Timothy Thatcher versus Amy Larkin match? It's happening near enough the same time, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the thing is, is Hager's going ground base on it, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Cody just wants to show what he can do. I think we've seen him do hardcore before and funny, and maybe now he just wants to be a serious wrestler in this open challenge. Is a case of him to say, right, anybody from the outside who wants their moment. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it's an ego-driven thing when it comes to that at the moment. I think AEW just want the success. Hagen's though, his outfit is awful. We'll give you that. Just like, you couldn't find any other trunks in the back. Spandex blue shorts. Yeah, if you've got spandex blue, ones you used to wear for PE. And Hagen now, with a shoulder block taking Cody down. And tries to leapfrog him, but Hager takes him back in the corner. Now working the midsection. So do you think if anyone can get a good match out of Jake Hager, it would be Cody? I think Cody's one of the few that could. It's a bit like... Now Hager backing Cody up in the corner. So if you think anyone could get a good match out of Jake Hager, do you reckon it's Cody Rhodes? He's got the possibilities and the talent to do that. I think so. I think there's a select few. And like I said, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think with Cody, it's probably the best position for him at the moment because... He's helping out guys as well. Like I said, he's, he's given great matches at this moment as they both men try to exchange the ankle up. So could one class Cody Rhodes as the John Cena of the company? I mean, you know, he's he's got a mid-card title. I mean, let's, let's just go for argument's sake, the US title. And he's got himself a little open challenge going on there. Uh, if, if you want to. Well, I, I still think it's a good idea for an open challenge. Like, I, just because WWE did it recently doesn't mean that AEW can't. I'm not saying it's because they can't, but, you know, it's like, again, with a company that wants to do things their own way. Yeah, but then again, they set this event up and then NXT say, oh, actually, we're going to bring back the Great American Bash and do that kind of shit. So, all fair, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all is fair and nothing more. It, I'm not it, saying ain't. Like, I mean, if... If Cody wants to go out there and, and do this, I mean, like you said, he controls the company, apparently. So, if he wants to be in a World Championship match tomorrow, then he could be. So I think at the moment in time, I think it's a, it's a matter of ego and where they actually want to be. And do you want a true alternative to WWE and then you can work together to actually build something against it as opposed to fighting from the inside? Not everybody is Hulk Hogan. So I think with Cody, maybe there might be a bit of, look what Dusty Rose did. He's been remembered now for creating all this other stuff for the WWE, much like his father was. And maybe that's a legacy he wants to leave as a, a, a Rhodes, even though he doesn't own the fucking name, because WWE do, because they're bastards. So, you see what I'm saying? There's, there's certain ways to look at things. Cody is fighting without his name, because yeah. of what WWE are doing. And I think he's he's putting a performance up. Yeah, but he was happy to sign the contract saying that WWE own the rights to that name. Was yeah. he or was he not? 
Because Did someone hold a gun to his head? Was he more than WWE, happy to work for WWE and pick up a fucking huge check? WWE signed 200 fucking wrestlers and stockpile them and then, you know what I mean, and don't never fucking use them. So anybody that actually becomes hot in the independent scene never gets used. And that's why I'm pleased with people like Cody or Orange Cassidy or anybody else, like MGF when they get an opportunity somewhere else, they actually can. As Hager is going out after Arn Anderson and Cody comes to stop him, but Hager turns the German suplex into those mats. And how thin are those mats, Dan? Um, I don't care. It's AEW mats. They're probably cheap knockoff WWE mats. No. <laughs> Dan, seriously, the AEW guys are literally coming for us. I don't. All the Stan accounts. Um, <laughs> we are going to be in serious trouble. Advert, by the way, as we go. Adverts. Adverts. Yeah, what you say, mats. How thin are those mats? <laughs> those mats are just mere millimetres thick <laughs> over pure concrete. Uh, and Cody's back came crashing down into him. And you know why Dan's laughing, because I'm going to be the fucker having to deal with all the AEW anti-comments, which is going to be really fun. Uh, we love AEW here and the opportunity, even though Dan can't see it. Speak for yourself. <laughs> it's Hager now working on Cody, and he's putting a shift in this matchup. Like I said, more map-based, and that's where Hager's going to come out on top. But some of the best champions, especially in the UFC and places like that, have faced people and used their style to beat them, which probably makes a champion even greater. Maybe that's what Cody is trying to attempt to be sent to the outside. Well, and Anderson's kind of refusing to let Hager throw Cody into the ring post and then sidesteps so Cody can throw Hager into the ring post. And now he's got his man to get the advantage. Can Cody see this through now? Throws Hager back in. No, went right into the sleeper. And Hager now using the turnbuckle. Cody using the turnbuckle, getting to a pin. No, and he gets a two, though. Two. And Hager now manages to turn it, and you can see the elbow right underneath the chin. It's a jawbreaker. Manages to relinquish Jake Hager's hold. And that was beautiful by Cody using the second, third rope. Flip back round, hit a cutter. The Cody cutter. But both men down. So much has been taken out of Cody Rhodes in this fight. But Cody feeling it, trying to put Hager away. And he's got the belt off. He means business. Oh, a huge pump kick. I was over right hand, kick to the midsection. Taking a page out of his brother's book. Irish route reversed by Hager. Charges in. But Cody jumps over. And a beautiful power slam there, turning Hager round. And he gets a two. Two. Oh, Anderson looking frustrated at ringside. And I think it shows you, you know, Hager is a heel in this one. But it's been Cody's managers had to help him out to get an advantage. And I think that shows how tough Hager actually is in this one. As he looks worse for the wear white at the moment. But gets a feet up in the corner. And then a Hager bomb. Going two. for the cover. No. Just a two count. Two. But it does look like Jake Hager's been in a 50-minute Ironman match. Oh, without a doubt. And I think this is what we see. And credit to the wrestlers who make it look so easy to be in that condition. I don't think there's a better conditioned athlete in the world than professional wrestling. Because you see all the outside guys come in and they are sweating buckets upon buckets. Whether it be boxers or football players or anything like that. And the wrestlers just seem to look so cool on TV. Hager now throws Cody into the other corner. Going to hit another Hager bomb. Ah, this time it was a swagger bomb and missed. Reverse DDT by Cody. It was a lovely inverted DDT by Cody. And goes to the cover, but only gets a two. Ah, uh, two. Kyle getting frustrated. He knows he's got to put Hager away soon. What are your thoughts on that tattoo on Cody's neck? 
we spoke about it. It's not great. But then again, Mike Tyson was there and he has the same tattoo, didn't he? So, like I say, not a great taste in tattoos. And a Hager, though, managing to run up top. A lovely throw from the top rope into a... But that only gets him a two. Two. And now Hager going to look for the ankle. And now he's going to rip the ankle right off the leg of Cody and Arn Anderson again. He's going to try and get involved in this. Or is he just shouting encouragement to his man? Well, Cody in all sorts of trouble. Look for that bottom rope. Manages to get there. And now Hager going to use that full count. Oh! And Hager's wife just slaps him across the... Slaps Cody across the face. Well, Catalina's getting involved. Oh, now it's the cause of distraction. And yeah, D- Dustin Rhodes. Dustin come out. Hit to the face. Cody went for crossroads. Hager still reversed. Rock bottom. And Hager now looking for a submission. But Cody turns it around into a pin and gets the victory. <laughs> Hager thinks he's won. He, yeah. thinks, he thinks Cody tapped. Yeah. He thinks Cody's tapped. Well, Cody happy about still being champion. Hager's pissed off. He thought he'd won. Hager said, no, he's tapping out. He can't believe it. Arguing with the referee now. Oh. Slaps the ref. Referee's out. And Dustin and Arn Anderson looking on. And then, oh my, here we come. Referees, EMTs. Men in shorts. That's Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn had probably the greatest match of RVD's career at ECW. And now he's coming out here in shorts. Helping out a knocked out referee. My, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, no, he's one of the most underrated wrestlers. Good old Jerry Lynn. Anyway, talk about that. Hager's going to get suspended for this. You can't put your hands on an official. Dan, what did you think of the match? Um, At times, it wasn't too bad. I think, you know, for a face and his manager to get involved, is it going to doubt how good the face person is, really? If you if you need, like, a, a face in peril and his manager to get involved to help him get the victory kind of it's like what okay i'm gonna look at it a different way to you did i think that is hager's best match in AEW. oh yeah without doubt without doubt so let's look at the positives so let's look at that as hager actually looking like a legitimate threat like i said i'll answer have to get involved is the question is is enough more than he can chew by doing these open challenges will he finally get caught out at some point he nearly did tonight and got away with a victory but then again we we see what happens after that scores it's two all another point for us as we move on uh we get a darby allen hype video he was skateboarding and stuff it was okay precisely as much thought went into it coming up with the content for this video as it seems from this description well orange cashly sauntered in and sat next to the commentary team with his feet on the desk and it is private party with matt hardy and they defeated santana and ortiz yeah so predictions danny have you gone for this match I went for private party. And I went for Santana and Ortiz. There was some good action in this one. Isaiah Cassidy was the star of the match. He was absolutely on fire tonight, baby, tonight. Well, Quinn and Cassidy ran wild early with some spectacular dives. Cassidy, in particular, hit a great dive to the floor. Santana cut Cassidy off with a backdrop. Ortiz then hit a DDT and Santana and Ortiz established control. Quinn got a tag during the commercial break and hit some dives for we also cut off. Cassidy got a tag and hit a crazy tornello. Cassidy hit a swanton on Ortiz for a near fall. Quinn tagged in and fell victim to some tandem offence. Ortiz made a cover and Cassidy made the save for Quinn. Well, Santana took out Cassidy on the floor. Ortiz took the ref. Santana tried to use a mad ball on Quinn, but Hardy jumped on the apron and took it away. Well, Santana and Ortiz went for the street sweeper. Quinn pulled Santana's headband over his and blocked the move. Private party hit the gin and juice on Santana and Quinn picked up the pin. Ortiz was just seconds late. 
on making the save. So, Dan, you go 3-2 up. You get a point on the predictions. It's the first time I've been uh, ahead of you for a little while. Yes, yeah. Uh, Jericho and Cassidy had a pull apart. I wouldn't even have done this angle here. As far as generating interest in their match, nothing was going to top the angle that closed last week's show. They should have just repelled form. Jericho left the commentary desk for the rest of the show. And he announced previewed next week's show. Yes, Private Party versus the winners of the tag title match tonight was added to the show. And John Moxley versus Brian Cage for the AEW title was moved to two weeks from tonight, which will apparently be Fight of the Fallen, which we will bring you on this podcast. Taz and Cage entered for a promo. Taz says he's not that upset that the move, the match was moved back a week. Well, Taz said Moxley didn't want to come to Fight Fest out of fear for health of the staff and crew. Taz said that sounds good, but he knows Moxley has been tested time and again at home and has tested negative. He said the only thing Moxley's positive for is the chicken shits. Taz walked in the line here about AEW not running a sloppy shop, a jab at WWE. Well, that's well and good, and I like Taz, but... He's in rings founded by people not wearing masks. Let's not throw stones in a glass house. Well, Taz promised that the cage will take the title from Moxley's dumbass at Fight for the Fallen. Well, this was a great promo. Taz strong case for best on interviews this year. Well, best friends arrived for the main event and in a nondescript vehicle. Trent's mum was driving. She was later shown in the crowd during the match. Well, AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defeated best friends to retain the titles. I went for Omega and Page in this one, Dan. Yeah, I too went Omega and Page. Uh, Omega and Taylor started off. They had a very basic exchange before tagging out. Trent and Omega had a back and forth. Taylor and Trent double up on Page and got the third advantage of the match. Well, Page made his own comeback. Page and Omega then went two on one against Trent. Omega hit a Karato crusher. Page hit a standing shooting star press for a near fall. Omega and Page remained in control for a commercial break. Well, FTR came out to the stage with chairs and beers to watch the action. Taylor got a tag and made a comeback. He suplexed Omega into Page on the floor against Barry Cade. Page and Trent got tags as the back-and-forth nature of the match continued. Page hit some lagger tagged in and hit a missile dropkick and a fisherman buster on Trent. Well, Omega went for you can't escape, but Trent got his knees up and blocked. Taylor tagged in and hit a spike pile drive on Omega. Page broke up the pin attempt. Omega hit a snapdragon suplexes on both Taylor and Trent. Then Page hit a rolling elbow on Taylor and powerbomb on Trent. Omega hit Trent with a V-trigger and Page covered for a two-count. Two, Page and Omega went for last call. Trent dodged and Trent and Taylor hit the strong zero on Page. Omega broke up the pin. Omega tried a one-winged angel on Taylor. Taylor blocked and hit a Michinoku driver. Best friends dig their hug spot. Page hit a pump kick and knocked Taylor out of the ring. Trent and Page traded strikes. Trent then blocked a sunset flip and sat down in a cradle for a two count. Two. Page hit a dead eye on Trent for a near fall. Page hit the buckshot Larry on Trent for the pin. This was a very good main event. And it means we both get a point and it is 4-3 to Dan. And then FTR came to the rest after the match and offered them to Page and Omega. Page and Omega both accepted the beers. Page drank his. Omega doesn't drink so he poured his out. Will and Harwood were upset that Omega pulled out their beer and confronted him. The Young Bucks ran in to separate FTR, Page and Omega. Well, what a weird finish to the show. FTR versus Omega and Page is a fine direction to tease. But there's another show next week with a tag title match on it. Shouldn't Private Party have been the team confronted Omega and Page tonight? Weird, but this is overall a very good show. Yeah, not a bad first night. But let's get straight into the second. NT. It's the epic conclusion of Fighter Fest. We're challenging you to an eight-man tag. 
private party will get their shot at the Tag Team Championship. I'm Chris Jericho, man. The Orange Cassidy phenomenon is over. AEW Fighter Fest on TNT. Watch Wednesday Night Dynamite tonight at 8. Well, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross with a broadcast team for tonight's event. Tonight's show opened with party, private party, the team of Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, accompanied by Matt Hardy, challenging AEW World Tag Team Champs Kenny Mager and Hangman Page with the titles at stake. Prediction-wise, Dan, who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for Page and Omega. And I have gone for Omega and Page as So here we go off night two with the action, like we say, the tag team titles on the line. Of course, we're going to get onto it as well because uh, Dan might be a couple of haters about Omega and Paige, I mean, what are your thoughts on Kenny Omega? I mean, we're going to get into that at a private party in a tag team division of AEW. I think he's massively overrated and pandas too He's a much. panda? He's a panderer. <laughs> so what is your, why don't you think he's that good? Um, I don't know. I just think he's, he's too big for his britches. Well, I mean, Omega is Meltzer's favourite. And Omega has had some great matches. There's no doubt about that. But in AEW, again... Bit of old tag team division. Is that the right thing? What are your thoughts on tag teams? Um, well, it's just a way of keeping Omega relevant without pushing him into the spotlight just yet, isn't it, really? I know, obviously, they're going to pull the V-trigger on him sooner or later. I see what you did there. Very nice. But I think the tag team division AEW is the best, which is why it's a bit confusing why Paige and Hangman, who have been together, maybe, uh, sorry, Paige and Omega have been together. Maybe we thought the split was going to come a little bit sooner than anything else. But... You know, like I said, the, the amount of people like Lucha Bros, uh, who are in action later, the Young Bucks, of course, uh, just there's a plethora of talent in the tag team. And that's where AEW is really strong. And like I said, more tag team matches than, than NXT by a country mile. Uh, what are your thoughts on Private Party? What we've seen on them, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy? Um, they seem like a couple of hugely talented guys. Um, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot from them, but, you know, what we have seen. I've, I've quite enjoyed what they deliver, you know, what they bring. Mark Quinn in a lot of trouble now between Paige and Omega. Well, my God, Paige there with a fisherman suplex on Mark Quinn, and he had him in serious trouble. And uh, Omega and Paige have, have become a great tag team. There's no doubt about it. We talk about tag team division AEW. I think we're seeing it here as well with uh, Omega and Paige working well as a tag team uh, and keeping Mark Quinn in all sorts of trouble. There's definitely a confidence to him. Uh, Adam Page is a guy who I think is... When I first saw him, I didn't like him. And I've started to grow into him a little bit because he had that kind of unsteady character. But now it seems that that's kind of gone away a little bit now and he's become a little bit more sensible. Have they? Did they drop the ball a little bit with Adam Page at that time? Uh, well, I think they was kind of teasing uh, something to happen between Page and Omega, which didn't quite because... You know, he'd finish a match and then he'd run off and he'd rather get pissed than be around. Exactly. And then they've got kind of Matt Hardy, who was part of like the elite sort of stable. And now he's kind of managing the opponents of his friends Omega and Paige. Oh, I think it's Big Money Matt. I'm not even sure if that's him or not, or if it is just traditional Matt Hardy. He's been changing up. It's been a little bit confusing in that way. But Kennedy there with beautiful DDT on Omega... And Mark Quinn there, powerbomb by Page. Into the crowd, which is made up of AEW wrestlers. And then Cassidy comes with a dropkick baseball slide and sends Omega uh, Page into the crowd as well. And Cassidy's the only man now 
who's up on his feet at the moment in time, looking to go outside. Oh. Wow. That was very impressive. His springboard from the inside of the ring to the outside, but instead of going off the top, he went off the second. Oh, that was really, really nice. And uh, it was good to see there. We should say, I'm not saying I've mentioned, we watched NXT on the WWE Network. We're actually watching this one on uh, traditional Sky on ITV4. So this is what he's saying. You can actually get this for free to view on TV. And it, that is, is pay-per-view worthy. And uh, like I said, we get onto that, especially kind of with Fight the Fallen with the main event. I feel that this is a big-time event feel to AEW at the moment. Okay, so for wrestling fans in the UK, you know, aside from, you know, the people that haven't got the Sky package, because there is so many other different options out there of terrestrial TV... But, um, you know, this is readily available on just normal terrestrial TV. Yeah. How come the numbers aren't higher, especially from the UK? Because it's on ITV4, ITV4 on Fridays and it's not live. And we've seen the tape to live problem. It's, fans in the UK are so smart that they'll find other ways to try and get AEW Dynamite watching it live. You have to have the information. That is the only problem with the internet and the change in wrestling is you need the results now. And, of course, they were back in the day. But uh, I think that's different. Uh, ITV4 can't do that. Can't show AEW because it breaks broadcasting rules of how many adverts you have in an hour. So that's why Sky and BT have got their own rules so they can have the programs. But uh, unfortunately, AEW can't. And the box office has been shut down, so AEW's pay per view is only available on Fight TV. Speaking of Fight TV, that's where we've ordered Slammiversary. We're going to watch that next week on our WNR double feature. But back to the action. And uh, it's Paige and Kennedy in... Uh, sorry, Cassidy. Omega and Cassidy. I've got them both wrong. So they're fighting now. It's Mark Quinn, is it? So Cassidy and... So who the fuck's Kennedy? Cassidy and Omega in there. Well, at least I'm watching it. You hate AEW. I don't know why the fuck you're participating. Well, just you're... because I've got the back of my chair to the TV screen <laughs> doesn't mean to say I'm not thinking about it. And Omega done something and then he pandered to the fans. And the thing is about this is that this is the strength of AEW's tag team division as we've seen it here. It's a fantastic match with a private party You're trying to sneak a victory. I mean, this would be a huge upset as well. It would be, yeah, especially for Dave Meltzer. He'd be crying. But do you think Big Money Matt or Matt Hardy or Woken Matt or Extreme Matt or whatever other Matt, do you think he's... Uh, Going to be a huge influence on private parties. You think he's going to bring them back down to earth, assist them? Because, you know, Matt Hardy is a tag team legend without a doubt. Yeah, and I think he can help anybody. But whether they want to use that as a manager or wait for your program. Major program. And now Omega trying to fight off both members of private party. And Cassidy with a kick, sending them into Quinn in the corner. So Omega got Cassidy up on his shoulders now. Rolling sent on. Into a monkey flip and spins Quen all the way over onto Cassidy. Tags in Paige as well. And Paige now picking up Quinn and powerbombing on Cassidy. Going for the cover, but no. Just a two count. Two. I'm surprised you've not said the referees let the people in the, the ring for too long. I mean, you know. I just thought I'd wait for you to say it. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't. Just I, then. I enjoy tag team wrestling. It's what AEW do better than anybody in the world. And Paige and Quinn trade. And now, oh, looking for the gorilla press. Quinn lands on his feet. Oh, pump kick into a huge right hand. Both Omega and Paige was knocked down. Cassidy springboard off the second turnbuckle. Takes down Omega. 
And hands on his feet. That's impressive as well. Mark Quinn looking to go up top. Being cheered on by Matt. Well, he's shooting stars. Something to behold. But this time he goes for the 450. Page moves out of the way. Now, Kick to the chest. Are we going to see it from Page? Look for the buckshot. Well, he looked to flip over. But Cassidy blocked him. Oh, Ooh, face first into the staging area. You talk about a downward spiral. Now both men in trouble, but Paige gets thrown back in. Now it's time for Quinn to go up and finish it. Shooting star, beautiful. Straight on the button. One, two. two. No. Omega in at the last possible second <laughs> to break it up. Literal. Shouting at Paige as well, saying, come on, get the tag to me. Jesus. But Omega gets dispatched to the outside, lands on his feet, though. And look at him, see a replay. I, I, I don't know who gets more hang time. He seems to just stay there. Shot V-trigger. And Cassidy. One, two, three. Is out. And still your A-dub tag team champions, Paige and Omega. I mean, for a match, what a great tag team match. Like I say, no one does tag team wrestling as good as AEW. And it shows you right there. Page and Omega have been working together for, you know, a few months now. And Private Party, the stuff they do, man, like, they make it look so easy, you know? Indeed, Jess. I was a lot more impressed by what Private Party brought to the party than the team of uh, Page and Omega. I think, you know, these two guys have got a huge future ahead of them, and they are both still very young as well. Without a doubt, and it's going to be a pleasure to see these guys grow. But yeah, at the moment, Paige and Omega are still your tag team champions, and it means the scores, Dan. Getting we both get another point. It's six. It's five four. So look at it wrong. All right, next match is Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer versus Jake the Snake Roberts uh, with Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Bad Boy Joey Janela. Prediction wise, I went for Archer, Dan. Uh, I'm going to go with Archer as well in probably less than about five minutes. Yeah, Archer came out to the ring carrying a battered and dazed Sonny Kiss on his shoulders. He threw Sonny Kiss in the ring at Joey Janela, wiping Janela out. Jake Roberts stood by laughing deviously. A large canvas bag slung over his shoulder. Archer immediately began the assault on Joey, chopping him on the outside of the ring. Well, Janela fired up with slide, then followed up with a diving crossbody block from the top onto Archer on the floor. Janela pulled a table out from under the ring. He clubbed Archer with a sledgehammer fist. Janela then grabbed a chair and tried to use it, but ref pulled Turner pulled it away. As this transpired, Archer knocked a distracted Janela off the top rope. Archer pounded Janela with a massive shoulder tackle. He then began stomping on his spine. Archer whipped Janela into the corner turnbuckles. He tried to fight back with palm strikes to Archer's face, but Archer dropped Janela with one giant paw strike. Sunny Kiss momentarily distracted Lance Archer from the apron. And Janela seized the opportunity and smashed Archer with a rolling elbow strike. Janela tried to take Archer off his feet, but Archer nodded his head and shrugged off Janela's strikes. He then grabbed Janela by the throat and muscled him over the top rope. He attempted his blackout finisher, but Janela countered it. He hooked Archer's legs, but Archer kicked out. Ah. Well, Janela then dropped Archer to his knees with a thrust kick. Into the mat with a bicycle knee strike. Jake Roberts got up on the apron with his canvas bag and referee Paul Turner got in Jake's face. As the ref was distracted, Janela splashed Archer off the top and then was and then Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss connected with a four fifty splash onto the Murderhawk monster. Archer just barely kicked out. Uh-huh. Archer was playing possum. Hello, Hello possums. possums As Joey climbed to the top rope, he Archer dazed Janela with a big right hand, he lifted up Janela and allowed the black out to the outside, smashing Janela's body right through the table. He was bouncing Janela's skull off the broken table like a basket. Archer then rolled Janela back into the ring and pinned the bad boy for the victory. 
That's enough for anybody. Lance Archer is a bona fide threat to win any championship in AEW, said Jim Ross. But didn't he lose? He did lose. Okay, right. Yeah, just, he just lost confirming. to Cody for the TNT title. Yeah. Scores down another point, both us, so it is 7-6 to you. A clip ahead of Darby Allen practicing coughing drops at Travis Pastrana's ranch. Darby noted it's been about a month since he's been out of the ring, but he's added, Brian Cage, don't think I forgot about you. You're the one who put me out. Well, Tony Schwanny interviewed the machine Brian Cage and his mentor Taz in the ring. And Cage will be challenging AEW world champ John Moxley on Dynamite and fight for the Fallen. Well, tonight John Moxley was supposed to defend his title against the machine. That'll happen next week and Brian Cage will be crowned the new AEW world champion. But that's what brings me to what's in my hands, said Taz, who's holding a black bag. Let's hope it's not full of shit. What's in my hands is something I curated decades ago. What's in my hands is basically something that is my full body of work. What's in my hands was created with my blood, my sweat, my tears. What's in my hands is the FTW World Championship. He then pulled the gold out of the bag. This is a championship that no promotion has ever recognised. But wrestling fans worldwide, they recognise the respect for the man who holds this championship. Because the man who holds this championship is the baddest son of a... in wrestling. And that man is no longer uncrowned. And that man is no longer going to go to fight for the Fallen without a championship. Because that man is the machine Brian Cage, says Taz. And did the belt to Cage. Well, Brian Cage held the FTW championship high above his head for everyone to see. You're looking at some renegade shit right here. That's what is right here. Hey, Mox, your ass is done. Who's better than the machine, said Taz. Up next was an eight-man tag team match with the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix versus the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick and FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood. Yeah, so um, what are your thoughts first of the FTW Championship coming back? Does that mean anything to you? It actually means fuck all to me. What is the FTW Championship? It's the uh, championship introduced to the ECW where Taz couldn't be, uh, didn't, there was something going on where Shane Douglas was a champion. He never got a title shot, so he created the FT, FTW title and said, I'm basically the world. And it was only held by him and Sabu, and that was an ECW. So it's been a quite a long time since then. And it's basically saying, uh, this is what I rightfully deserve. But it's not a World Heavyweight Championship. It's just a statement. But I think for Taz to give it to pay, uh, Cage, yes, maybe, but I think it's a bit too soon for that. Anyway, predictions yeah. for the eight-man tag team matchup, Dan. Who have you gone for? I have gone for FT Bucks. I have gone for yes, FTR and the Young Bucks. And isn't it great to see them on the same team, Dan? After everything that's been said about these two over the years, finally sharing a ring together, it is dream match style, isn't it? It is, but unfortunately, they're teaming together and not against each other, which is, I think, the huge build-up that we've been kind of dreaming of. Yeah, I think we will see the Young Bucks and um, FTR. Obviously, they're not going to show it straight away, but, I mean, the Lucha Bros are a great tag team in their own right. And then, of course, uh, we've got the uh, Butcher. And interesting, as we start off now... The is the Butcher of... the older one? It looks like someone's granddad. Who's that in there? Pentagon in there with, of course... Cash or Dash? Dax Harwood. Hardwood. He used to be Scott Dawson, didn't he? And now he's Dax Harwood. And Cash really used to be, of course, Dash. Dash. So it makes perfect sense, Dan. And we're going to get a great tag team match here. I mean, I can't help it. You're so anti-AEW, can I? I mean, that's not really my fault that you hate this and you hate everybody that watches it. 
That's what you tell me when we're not recording anyway. But isn't it great to see the Revival actually treat like a proper tag team now and get in their chance? Yes. No, I do. As you know, I, I, it doesn't go without that. I do really like FTR or the Revival or, you know, whoever they're known as now. Is this them kind of finally getting a chance that they deserve, the the respect that they should be getting? I think without a doubt, and they've said their plan is to dominate tackling across the world. They want to go New Japan, they want to go Impact, they want to go Ring of Honor, and they're going to start off with AEW. And like we said, the match between them and the Young Bucks, it, it, it's going to be brilliant someday down the road. But to see them exchange with the Lucha Bros, it's, it's something we probably never thought we were going to see either. Absolutely not, no. And... Uh... You know, to go from what they was doing in WWE to being an eight-man tag, it's a huge leap for them. Well, you're saying to be treated as a joke in WWE, you'd be told that you gimmicks, and and now they just want to be serious. They're a throwback tag team, aren't they? And this is what they were right back at the start, before you know everything changed for them. They were a traditional tag team, and it's the same thing with the Young Bucks. That's what makes them opposites to each other, and that's what makes it so interesting. Don't get me started on this. Well, what's wrong with the Young Bucks? They haven't got a long enough show. What is wrong with the Young Bucks? No, they're, they're, they are a good tag team. <laughs> we just leave it there. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Young Bucks. I mean, the Butcher and the Blade, maybe. I would I would argue they're probably not a premier tag team. What about the Lucha Bros? I think Lucha Bros are brilliant. Like we said, a, a, a team that... I mean, it's a shame that um, Pac has not been around as well because we've seen more of Death Triangle. But the, the thing is, is that... These two guys are fantastic tag team. And one of my favourites, they're always enjoyable. That's what the W tag team division is there. And this event in itself has felt like a big, big feel to it. Like I said, it felt like a pay-per-view. Well, FTR and the Young Bucks all working together. Matt Jackson's in the ring now. First showing for the Young Bucks. Got Ray Fenix. Throws him out, who kind of spins around the ropes. Comes in and tags in the Blade. Who's the Blade? Well, Blade misses with Nick Jackson now. Who gets a blind tag in and see a bit of Young Bucks teaming. Oh, swinging net breaker onto the knee. Double drop kick from the Young Bucks. Take out the Butcher. And the Butcher in all sorts of trouble now. Young Bucks, complete control. Is this going to be a bit of a one-upsmanship? Because obviously we know the fight between FTR and the Young Bucks. You think this is going to be like, look what I can do? I think without a doubt. I think, you know, like we said, it is going to be uh, a dick measuring competition between these two teams, you know, I think it's as simple as that. They want to be the best tag team in the world, and where AW, like we say, this is a chance to prove it and to get victories. It's going to be such, you know, it's, it's huge right now. You can see it building slowly. So, do you see this as more of a a pissing contest between the Young Bucks and FTR than an actual match against uh, Lucha Bros and the Blade and the Butcher? Yeah, I, I see that. I, I feel they are. Especially the Butcher of the Blades, um, underestimating them as Lucha Bros now trying to work with Butcher of the Blade. And what? I think the referee's lost complete control of who's a legal guy. There we go. And that's why the action can break down in an eight-man eight man tag team match. That is one thick, bushy moustache. <laughs> it's a good moustache, isn't it? You don't see that many great moustaches. Well, that's not a great moustache. That is a great moustache. Nah. Yes, it is. He's got it's more... too unkempt. It doesn't look anything like Frost Kemp. What are you talking about? I don't really like it. There we go. Action in ring. And that is beautiful there. Oh, jumping up from the second to the top. Oh, Hurricane Rana from the top into cover. Two. Oh. No. Kick out. Uh, oh, 
Dax Wheeler got the tag in. Super Nick... kick into a fucking house. Broken down now. Yeah, super kick by Nick Jackson. And then Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade come in. Start clearing house. And we go to an advert. <coughs> well, Dax and Blade are in there at the moment. Huge back body drop. I think it's the other way around. Cash Wheeler tags out to Jackson. And now Lucha Bros in there with Matt Jackson. Both get double clothesline down. Butcher and the Blade get kicked out of action. Salida del Sol. Uh, Matt Jackson just wiping everybody out. He's going to go up top now. Well, chooses to go to the outside to take out the Butcher and the Blade. And looking to go up top for, for the second time. And oh my God, beautiful elbow off the top there. Phoenix, but couldn't get the job done. Managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And the Young Bucks now. And like I said, it, they don't want to tag in the FTR, do they? Because they don't want to show maybe a sign of weakness that they can't get the job done. And a brilliant, just catching himself on the ropes of their feet. I can see, like, a young Rey Mysterio there with just the ease he, he managed to move around. Absolutely. He didn't see the blind tag. Well, managed to take out Dax with an elbow. Dax back in now with a DDT. A huge snap DDT. Well, just as it looked like there was going to be some union between uh, the Revival or FTR and the Young Bucks... The Butcher comes in, but they get caught with dual stereo kicks. Oh, yeah. Kicks. They're teaming up now. They're hitting the super kick on the Butcher. Phoenix are impressive. Diving over the top, taking both men out. Shatter machine. Well, Wheeler and Nick Jackson hit the shatter machine. And now they've got the blade in trouble. We've seen this before. Spike Piledriver. They Butcher's up to help. Oh, DDT's on the apron. And now we're going to see the Young Bucks. Oh, Ooh. well, the Young Bucks and the FTR managed to hit the move together. Yep. Nick Jackson springing off the top. One, two, no. Well, Harwood had the cover, but was pulled out by Phoenix. He gets sent into a ring post, and they sent over Barry Cade. Well, we thought this would break down, but this is getting ridiculous now as Harwood tagging in Matt Jackson. He's tagging in Wheeler. He's tagging in Nick. <laughs> All four men are apparently legal at the moment. And what is this all about? Talk about a dream team. Superplex, followed by a splash, followed by a senton bomb. <laughs> Into the cover. One, two. two. No, it gets broken up. My God, how did Phoenix manage to break that up? He's been the MVP of this match. And this could be over now. Well, Pentagon in there with Matt Jackson. Both men just training at the moment. See, with this, it seems like they're just waiting for their opponent to hit them. Oh, wait a minute. We're going to set them up for the Meltzer. Oh, that. Phoenix just walking the rope with ease. Taking out Nick. Pentagon going to go fly. Runs into a forearm. Hits a step up in Seguri. Gets one back. Phoenix with a save. Oh! Sunset flip powerbomb over the top rope. Oh, come on. We have not seen a move like that. To the outside. Fucking hell. It's like Canadian Destroyer. Just, oh my word. How did they not break their necks there? That was incredible. And now Nick. Oh no. Super kicks. Unfortunately, Dax. Well, they've been working so well as a team. But now they're caught. The upbeat drive. One, two, three. Oh my god. And Lucha Bros. And the Butcher and the Blade beat FTR and the Young Bucks due to a bit of miscommunication. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Absolutely. Well, this whole match, it was centred around FTR and the Young Bucks. Kind of, you know, will they, won't they? Will they team up to hit moves, won't they? You know, it was 
it was just about them two teams, which is kind of a discredit because the Lucha Bros, absolutely hugely talented team. I think they had a couple of little spots in there. Butcher and the Blade, not a fan of whatsoever. I think Phoenix uh, and Pentagon stole the show there. Like you said, it was meant to be about the FTR and the Young Bucks, and I ended up thinking about these. The way Phoenix can just walk across those ropes and, and manoeuvre himself with such ease is incredible. And that finisher to the outside is, 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 is like saying I've never seen before, ever. Credit to him. And it builds dissent, which we wanted to see between the two as well. Two teams. Great, great team. Great match from AEW. Well, Alex Marvez greeted Big Swell outside as she approached the entrance of the arena. Marvez informed Big Swell that she was banned from the building tonight. Swell was served a letter and then was outraged upon opening it, learning that she was suspended for kidnapping and harassment. She stormed off and said she knew Dr. Britt Baker was behind this. Well, the native beast Nyla Rose was up next in a two-on-one match against Kenzie Page and Kylin King. While SAW women's champ Harika Hikaru Shida and Penelope Ford were both staring closely at the number one ranked Nyla Rose. Oh, Nyla clothesline Kenzie, headbutted her and then dropped a leg. Nyla tossed Kenzie halfway through the ring. King tagged in and jumped on Nyla's back trying to choke her out, but Nyla backed her right in the corner. She then walloped King with a dynamic spear. She picked up Kenzie and planted her with a fall-away slam. Nyla then powerbombed Kenzie onto Clint and pinned both of them for the victory. Well, Nyla grabbed the microphone after the match and said, I believe actions speak louder than words, and I think my actions here tonight spoke for themselves. I look in the back and all I see these great wrestlers were managers, so I've taken it upon myself to hire a manager. I'm not ready to tell you who it is. I can promise you one thing, though. All these people in the back with managers are something common. They're champions. So my manager will ensure that I leave AEW one day, very soon, Sheeda as the AEW Women's Champion. Well, from earlier in the day, there was an update about the condition of Colt Cabana. One of the AEW trainers informed us that Colt has severe rib trauma that he suffered last week after being thrown into railing backstage at Dynamite. The medical staff said he was still cleared to wrestle tonight. Well, Mr. Brody Lee said he wasn't sure who was behind the attack, but he can assure Colt that with a dark order watching his back, these kinds of mishaps won't happen again. You got it, Mr. Brody, replied Cabana. Up next was Mr. Brody Lee, Stu Grayson and Boom Boom Colt Cabana versus So Cole Uncensored, the fallen age of Christopher Daniels, Frankie Xarian and Scorpio Sky. And prediction-wise, I have gone for Dark Order. I too have gone for Dark Order. So you've gone for the team that contains Colt Cabana? Colt tried to talk to SCU before the bell rang, but Mr. Brody led Colt back to the Dark Order's corner. Daniels took Grayson down with an arm drag. Grayson then quickly gained the advantage as he hit a shoulder block and drop kick on Daniels. Kazarian got the tag and stomped on Grayson and then hit him with a released German suplex. Well, Colt was tagged in and was met with an E with Scorpio Sky. He was a tremendous amount of pain because of his injured midsection and was hunched over near the turnbuckle. And when he had his back turned, Mr. Brody Lee suplexed Sky. It's amazing how he can change a match that quickly, said Shivani about Mr. Brody Lee. Well, Mr. Brody hit Sky with a big lifting uppercut. He followed up with a slingshot with Sky's throat meeting the bottom rope. Scorpio Sky has endured a lot of damage at the hands of Dark Order and Colt Cabana. Well, sometimes Colt looks out of place with Dark Order, and sometimes he looks comfortable, said Jim Ross. Colt was tagged in, and Mr. Brody ordered him to punch Scorpio Sky's midsection repeatedly, and Colt followed the commands. Frank Kazarian was tagged in and started lighting up Mr. Brody with fists and then a DDT. He got the tag, but Mr. Brody destroyed both of them with big kicks. He rallied back and used the best moonsight ever on Grayson, but Colt ran in to break up the count and save him. Daniels questioned Colt, and Colt replied, I had to. 
I love you, I know. As CD was busy with Colt, Mr. Brody blindsided Daniels with a discus lariat. They were back in the ring. He obeyed and then he pinned Daniels for the Dark Order. Colt smirked after the victory. No, he weren't smart. He didn't have a cigarette, James. He's just a smug twat. Scores. Dan is 8-7 up. Yes. Well, Big Swell was wearing a disguise and snuck into the building. She pulled up the letter she had received earlier in the night and threw it at Dr. Britt Baker, the role model, screamed in outrage and disbelief. And now it was time for our main event. Yes, it's freshly squeezed. Owen Cassidy, accompanied by best friends Trent and Chuck Taylor versus the champion, Chris Jericho with Santana and Ortiz. This is the main event of night two. Of course, we have one more match after this, and that is the main event of the podcast, and it is going to be for the AEW World Championship. It's going to be John Moxley versus Brian Cage. But right now, Cassidy versus Jericho. Dad, go on, get your vellum out here, Cassidy. What, 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 what are your thoughts on Freshly Squeezed? <sighs> it was fun for a while, but now it's just getting boring. The novelty has worn off. Well, novelty might have worn off, but I think he's playing that, and we're going to see him as actually quite a good worker. But anyway... Uh, an idea you came up with, we're going to get Chris Jericho's entrance now. We're going to sing along to it, because, I mean, that's what you want to do, isn't it? <laughs> Fair enough. Let's do it. Go on then, James. Take it away. Go on then. Do a fall on the inside. You are innocence personified. Go on, Dan, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. You're not singing. I said to you, you're going to sing. And you went, I'll sing. I'll sing. And you're not doing it. No, I'm not doing you're it. You're disgusting. You disgust me. Yeah. The darkness. I'm losing the light. Encircled by demons. I fight. What have I become? Now that I've betrayed everyone I've ever loved. The model. And I've been a slave to the Judas in my mind. Is there something left of me to save in the wreckage of my life, my life? You're such a disappointment sometimes, you know that. Oh, well, so that was me doing a Jerko theme tune. Uh, you know, Dan can have a go at AEW all he wants, but can he, will he sing along to a tune? Will he fuck? So what is your problem with Orange Cast then? Is it because you've not seen, you think he's a one-trick pony? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I've not seen anything from him that, you know, it's it was funny the first time, and then the second time Garner's a little chuckled, and the third time it's a huh, and then the fourth time it's probably a little smile, and then the fifth time it's just something that you know. The more you see it, it's like yeah, we've seen it, mate. Prediction wise, who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for Chris Jericho, and I have gone for the real star of AEW, breakout star, Orange fucking Cassidy. Bring it, and look at him, hands in his pockets, and he's bringing the fight to Jericho. Jericho don't know what's hit him. That's beautiful, Jock. Do you know how difficult that is to do as oh, well? Oh, wow. He's managing to outrun a fat old man. You do it then. You do a nip up with your hands in your fucking jeans and see if you can do it. What an athletic man. Suicide dive there. Just taking out Jericho. Jericho man who beat Rock and Austin on the same night. Now he's facing a legend like Orange Cat. Okay, when he was a couple of hundred pound lighter and back when he was able to wrestle. I mean... You know, Austin and The Rock have since retired then. And Jericho's reinvented himself and become the champion. And you've been singing along to his theme song when we're not being recorded. You've been going, look at the bubbly bubbly," and all this shit. And yet he's still over at this point. And yet you can't seem to admit it. I I just, it boggles my mind. 
And Cassidy, this is why you're bitter as well, because he's in control of Jericho at this moment. He's got him back in. He's going to come off the top. Beautiful diving crossbody. And again, going for the DDT, but Jericho's blocks it. Trying to get into the walls of Jericho. And Jericho's just not used. Overestimated Orange Cassidy. Underestimated Orange Cassidy. Oh, I see he's taking his hands out of his pocket, though. Yeah, well, exactly. He's not just, like you said, he's not just doing the one thing. He's a, he's a proper performer. Cassidy's a future AEW world champion. There's no doubt in my mind. As he gets to the ropes and breaks the walls of Jericho. And that's how scared Jericho is. Wanting to put the walls in straight away. And Ortiz getting involved. And Jericho needing the help of those two guys at ringside. Doesn't need it. He's just mugging Orange Cassidy off. No, he needs the help. Jericho is scared of Orange Cassidy. That is saying... However, Jericho's been a, a, a longer wrestler. He has never seen anybody like OC before. In his... And neither of you. And people fear what they don't understand. It's a simple fact of life. And that's what Jericho's doing. He thinks this is so easy that he can just show up and get the job done and he can't because there's another guy across the ring for him that's going to beat him. Simple as that. So is there anything you want to say about this match? Or I'm positive or anything? Um, just to <laughs> fill the time. <laughs> it is... I feel it is a mockery. Just a mockery of wrestling. You've got a fat man who's kind of definitely on his way down. The only good thing about him is his talkativity and his theme tune. So he's not been in any good matches in how long? For a while now. For, uh, yeah, but where's his last great match? What's the last great thing that Jericho did? Because Probably in WWE... the AEW Championship. In WWE, he was just treading water, wasn't he? He was, he was nothing really... He was a sexy piñata in WWE. Exactly. He, he was the himself? US champion to Kevin Owens' You're universal champion. You're such a WWE mark. Do you know that? Oh, if he's not been in WWE, done saying, I don't care. Like, you are such a mark. You're hard. Hey, hang on a minute, You're right? A did, you, did you just Did you just refer to Jericho as the man who beat Rock and Austin yeah. in the same night? Which, which promotion did he do that yeah. in? But he became AEW World Champion. He, yes. beat, he faced Akada at Wrestle Kingdom. He's reinvented himself constantly to still be relevant. And he's the champion with on AEW in the main event of Night 2, showing how popular he is. And whatever your problem is with AEW, has infested itself now in the wrestlers with Chris Jericho. Jericho can barely else. run now, bless him. Jericho can still go if he wants to. We've seen that in Japan. We, yeah, we, go we against know... a good opponent. No, but Cassidy's a good opponent. You just... You're, you're, you didn't like Keith Lee when he first Look. started. You didn't like Keith Lee when he yeah, first but came out. Like and now you're like, oh, let me change. So it just goes to show <laughs> that I'm able to change on wrestlers and I don't initially like WWE-based wrestlers on their appearance. Oh, yes, you do. If, you, if they come from anywhere else, you're like, oh, hang on. AJ Styles and people like you were like, oh, hang on a minute. No, they've got to prove themselves Oh, to so me. I liked Tenzo Amore when I saw him. Yeah, you did. You still no, had a reaction for no, him. No, I didn't. You, why I were you wearing it? Hang him. on. If you weren't an Enzo fan, why are you wearing this top for a year? I was four, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you're taken away from this fantastic action with Orange Cassidy. With NXT, you were marking hard for it. And this time, you're not even kind of looking at the story of it, which is Jericho's a cocky heel, like you said, overconfident which in this Which overweight wrestler appeared in AEW in the two nights that we was watching? AEW? Which overweight NXT. Well, this is the thing. Which but... over-the-hill wrestler appeared there? So you think Jericho is over-the-hill? He is, yes. He's on the downward spiral of his career. But this is why you don't watch the WWE product anyway, because they're all... It's shit anyway, isn't it? Isn't all wrestling shit at the moment? Otherwise, you would be watching Raw and SmackDown week in, week out. Well, no, because... Wouldn't it? 
I don't have the time in my life to watch Bourne. <laughs> you Smackdown do a wrestling podcast. If anybody's going to have a time in your life, it's going to be doing a, a podcast about wrestling where you can talk about it. It's because the product is so shit at the moment. It's because WWE are doing the same thing over and over again. They've got a horror show at Extreme Rules, and you're going to take that more seriously than this AEW action here tonight. Look, I'm all for a CGI eyeball being removed <laughs> from either Rey Mysterio or Seth Rollins' head. You know, oh, oh it's a boneyard match, then I'm in for that. But if it's but the at kind least of none of the fuckers story. love their hands in their pockets. Well, exactly, but your problem with that, but Orange Cassidy, one trick pony. And this is what we've seen in this match. We've seen the heart and determination of a true champion. Jericho, you know, like I said, Balls of Jericho, the first couple of minutes, Orange Cassidy's still in this matchup. Right now, with the abdominal stretch Jericho's using, made famous by Wilbur fucking Schneider back in the 1930s. So, this is the thing. As Orange Cassidy now managed to hip-toss Jericho. Look, he just injured his back trying to lift Jericho over. He's selling the fucking thing. <laughs> you know about it. It's a simple thing. And it's, like you said, it's a different level to what we've seen. It's, it's, it's simple and effective. And if you can't understand that, I, you know what I mean? It's a story of Cassidy now. Look, coming back. Fighting back, and this is what I've gone for him for. I think he's going to pull, pull it from the uh, pull victory from the jaws of defeat. So this is the second to last match. This is the main You're, event of night two. Yes, you you are one point behind me. Yes. So if Cassidy lets you down, yes, I have won AEW. You have prediction. somehow fluked fucking AEW. The promotion that you hate, you will somehow be two one up in prediction points. In, I, I don't know how. I really don't know how you've managed to do that. And again, that's another bit of annoyance. How how the fuck has that happened? Because obviously with AEW, you don't give a fuck about it, and yet you're still winning the fucking pay-per-view points, which I just don't <laughs> Does get. Does that just irritate the <laughs> yeah, fuck out of I you? I just don't understand it. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's almost like I should just put random predictions of mine and maybe, I don't know. But I just feel Orange Cassidy in this match. He's going to upset... Look, like you said, if Jericho has been there and done that, Orange Cassidy gets a victory over Jericho, it's a huge statement. Jericho still have name value. WWE would welcome him back for a super showdown or a fucking SummerSlam in a second. And then you'd change your tune about that. But I'm talking about with AEW, if anybody can beat Jericho, then that is a huge name. We talk about, like, 20 years later, we say, oh, Jericho beat Austin Rock in the same night. 20 years from now, Orange Cassidy, I beat Chris Jericho. It would be the same impact. Chris Jericho is, an, is a legend. We've admitted that. He's a Hall of Famer. And the victory over him in AEW... Yeah, but it also depends on what Orange Cassidy does with the rest of his career. Does it not? I think it does. But you, like I said, to get the opportunity, even if nothing happens, it's like Zach Gowan can still say, I had a match with Vincent Mann. So, yeah, and I had a match against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, exactly. You didn't say if you fucking win or lost, but it's the same, <laughs> it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying. And look at Orange Cassidy now. Beautiful off the second rope. So, are you saying that this currently is the highest point of Orange Cassidy's career? Yes. Of course it is. And and each time... Oh, now look. With the kicks. And he's looking to take out Jericho once and for all. He actually hit one. Super kick. One, two, four. Somehow Jericho managed to kick out. Oh. My other worry right now is the sound volume on this because I'm sure we've gone over... <laughs> The allotted sound, but I'm sure it'll be fine. As Cassidy going up, Jericho catching him. Oh, Jericho meeting Cassidy up on the top turnbuckle. This might be suplex time for Jericho. But Cassidy's doing everything he can to hold on. And suplexes Jericho all the way down to the canvas. What's he going to do off the top? 
Splash. No, Jericho just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Well, Splash couldn't get the job done. I think, how, like you said, how embarrassing would it be for Chris Jericho if he lost to Orange Cassidy right now? Jericho might as well retire. Jericho next to the ropes and Cassidy there, send him on the apron. Jericho springboard, but Cassidy ducks it, sends Jericho tied. Cassidy off the second, uh, corks through Moonsault, and he throws Jericho in. He's looking to end it. This might be the moment. Come on, keep me in this as well, Cassidy. Off the top. Oh! Plants Jericho with DDT. DDT. Two. Two. Oh. Jericho managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And Jericho struggling now. He's in serious trouble. Cassidy absolutely planted Jericho. And uh, you wonder now, I mean, with Jericho, he's got so many tools that he can use to finish this. What can Cassidy do? Is he going to look for the Superman punch? And he goes to look for it, but Jericho catches him. Walls of Jericho. Oh, and Cassidy got nowhere to go. I don't know, Cassidy's so tough. I don't think he'll submit. I don't think he'll tap. Do you think he'd pass out? I think he'd pass out. Look at all over the body as Jericho brings it back in. Yeah, he's going to tap. <laughs> Come on. Inches away. I bet he puts his hand in his pocket instead of tapping. No, he rolls under. Rolls up Jericho. One, One two. two. Oh. And he gets a two. Two. But what a right hand that was by Cassidy. It might have dislocated the jaw of Jericho. Cassidy now having to use the ropes to get up. Oh! Freshly squeezed orange juice to the face. Come on, ref. And here comes best friends. And this is... Come on, then. And Santana, Santana and Ortiz being sent away. And that's not right. Come on. Cassidy had it warm. And now Jericho... With the baseball bat to the face. Codebreaker. Oh. One, two... Cassidy somehow kicked out uh, of the code breaker. And the baseball bat. How's he still in this one? Well, you see the orange juice on the mat. And the orange, orange Cassidy has left it all in the ring today. And he's still fighting. He's got the upper hand now. Back elbow by Jericho. We can see a bit of old-fashioned line salt time. Ah, Cassidy moves out of the way. Oh, Michinoku driver. One, two. two. No. Y2J with a shoulder up. And Jericho now hanging in there. The former world champion in serious trouble. Cassidy has bought the heat in this one. And now both men just trading. Now here comes Cassidy back in with clothesline. Taking Jericho down. In for a second but runs into a knee. Oh! Well, Jer- Stun dog millionaire. Jericho went for the suplex. Like I said, stun dog. Now spin around DDT. Into the cover. One, two. No, two count. Two. Well, Aubrey might be covered in orange juice, but it wasn't Cassidy's fault. As he's looking now to get up and try and put Chris Jericho away in what has been a career-changing performance for Orange Cassidy in this matchup. Oh! Went for the Judas effect. Went for the Superman punch. Got caught with the Judas effect. And Chris Jericho puts Cassidy away in a hell of a match. Dan, what are your thoughts? It is probably the best match that I've seen Orange Cassidy in. Um, I think Jericho done one hell of a job putting Cassidy over. Helped him out a lot during that match as well. Um, made Cassidy look like a star. And I think you're right. He made him look like a star. And to say Jericho's over the hill after a performance like this, I think I look at that and think, maybe not. Maybe there is a few left in him that he can make. And I think at the end of night two... 
I think, yeah, Jericho wins, but we're talking about Orange Cassidy right now, and I think that's what's very, very important after the second night. Uh, so the scores are 9-7 to you, Dan. Like I said, you have won AEW predictions, but what are the TV ratings? Well, NXT continued its winning streak over AEW Dynamite on Wednesday as NXT won the viewership battle for the third consecutive week. According to Brian Alvarez, uh, Great American Bash Part 2, or an average of 759,000 viewers during its two-hour broadcast, while AEW Dynamite had 715,000. Well, AEW President Tony Khan reacted to the latest Fighter Fest ratings on social media, calling them a huge win for the promotion. Well, as usual, they went head-to-head in this week's both shows, a special editions of the program with Jericho featuring and with Dynamite featuring Jericho and Cassidy in the main event, and NXT featuring Cole and Lee. According to the Nielsen data, AEW had 715,000 viewers with a 0.28 rating in the 18 to 49 year old demographic making them the seventh best show on cable for the evening nxt on the other hand had 759,000 viewers with a 0.20 rating in the 18 to 49 demo the 24th best on cable for that night well he tweeted after the ratings came out saying if anyone thinks i could be in the top seven show on cable anything but a huge win they're incorrect a win in the demo is a win in the business and this is a business I know the industry wasn't talking about the demos much 20 years ago, but that's what drives our revenue today. He additionally tweeted the weekly rankings chart and wrote, Here's the chart the industry uses to analyse performance. The leftmost colour-coded column is 18-49 demo. The rightmost colour-coded column is total viewers. The chart's ranked by 18-49 to 49 viewers. And we love value all viewers in or outside that demo, but that's how we score the game. Well, why tweet about ratings? Because I'm thrilled about these numbers and so in TNT. He added, my family drinks a little bit of the bubbly on Thursdays when we come in the top 10. This is the third time in four weeks. I'm grateful for the great AEW fans that make it possible. Well, the private party versus Omega and Page matched open the show was the best quarter with 785,000 total viewers. While the Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy main event was the low point. With 675,000 viewers. The Keith Lee versus Adam Cole match was the most watched quarter for the show and this year and averaged 922,000 viewers, beating the Cassidy Jericho match by 37%. So here we go, and we are going to move on to the fight of the fallen. Big events continue with Fight for the Fallen. And after weeks of waiting, Brian Cage takes his shot at world champion John Moxley. Can you stop the path of Cage? AEW Fight for the Fallen on TNT. Watch Wednesday Night Dynamite tonight at 8. And like we said, Dan has already won, but we promised you we're going to bring you this. And our main event of the podcast is the machine, Brian Cage, going against the AEW champion, John Moxley and Jim Ross, Taz and Excalibur on commentary. Tony Schiavone's COVID-19 test results are slow to return. So out of caution, they had him stay home for tonight's show. Well, Cody, who's a champion with Arn Anderson, going against Sonny Kiss for the AWTNT Championship. Yeah, Kiss comes out with some Jaguar cheerleaders and puts on a dance before making his way up the ring. Justin Roberts announces tonight's match with Aubrey Edwards handed the referee duties. Cody goes right after Kiss, kicks in the corner, hangs him out to dry over the top rope and then does a few push-ups. Kiss tries to send Cody out to the floor. Cody skins the cat, then hits his disaster kick cover for two. Two! Kiss with a forearm strike sends Cody to the floor. Couple more shots. Back. Kiss lands a few more kicks. Handspring slap. Cody ducks it and goes for a full Nelson. Tully Blanchard looks on from the crowd. Kiss is fading a bit but finally breaks out of it. Then he hits an overhead suplex. Suplex. 
Kip up, lands a hurricane matrix, dodge into a hurricane run, a takedown on Cody. And then with a shot to Cody's face, he's stuck in a corner, gets now with an axe kick. He gets a cover, but only two. Two. Kiss went for a split leg drop, nobody home. Cody then tries for some crossroads. Kiss reverses one of his own. Cover, but only a two. Two. 450 off the top rope, but Cody managed to kick out. Uh-huh. Kiss tries for a head scissors. Cody blocks it and sends him on the ramp. Alabama slam on the ramp. Cody then rolls Kiss back in the ring, gets a foot on the rope, and then puts Kiss up and lands a vertebraker. Cover, but only a two. Two. Cody tries again, but no joy. Cody takes his weight belt off, tosses it aside, then puts Kiss up on the top rope. He goes up, lands a superplex, pin attempt, cover, two. Two. Cody bickers with Aubrey a bit. Kiss with a roll up and Cody manages to kick out. Uh-huh. And Cody goes right into a cross face. Sonny breaks it up, then Cody throws big shots on Kiss's face. Cody has the ref check Kiss, then yanks the turnbuckle pad off. Cody clearly frustrated in this match. He tries to throw Kiss into it. He reverses it and sends Cody into the exposed turnbuckle. Cover, two. Two. Kiss with some big forearms, roundhouse kick, goes for a discus forearm. Cody ducks, crossroad hits, cover, one, two, three. Yeah, Cody retains the TNT Championship and post-match Cody checks on Kiss, gives his opponents a hug. He says a few words, raises up Kiss's hand, a lovely show of respect. Our next match is FTR versus the Lucha Bros. The Blade and the Butcher enter the building with Lucha Brothers but stay behind to watch the match. Pentagon beats up Harwood as things get going. Phoenix tagged in. They try to do a double-team move where Pentagon flips Phoenix down on his opponent. They don't quite get the momentum, and Phoenix ends up doing a mini-splash. Wheeler, with the blind tag, is able to drop down on Phoenix. Dropped to a hole by Wheeler. Elbow dropped by Harwood. Quick leg dropped by Harwood. Camera showing Tully Blanchard yet again. He's getting a lot of camera tonight. Pentagon with a sunset flip on Wheeler, with Phoenix landing a big PK. He kicks Harwood off the apron, double kicks to Wheeler, then Phoenix... With a missile drop kick off the apron, down onto Harwood. Fenix leaps off the top rope, eats a European uppercut. Butcher and Blade still watching on. Harwood tags in and punches away at anything that moves. Two super suplexes on Fenix and then he suplexes Pentagon down on Fenix. Harwood bleeding a bit from the chest due to the chops he received earlier in the match. Well, Harwood sent out to the floor. Lucha Bros double team wheeler. Double leg kicks assisted body splash by Fenix. Springfield leg drop by Pentagon, but only a two. Two. Phoenix tries for another, but Harwood janks Phoenix's mask off, roll up, and it gets the job done. Well, post-match, Butcher and the Blade taunt FTR about still having the keys to their vehicle. From behind, Matt and Nick Jackson sneak up and superkick both guys. Now they have the keys. Matt and Nick head to the ring and give FTR their keys. Omega walks into the ring from the back with a cooler of beers after he dumped out theirs last week. Omega says he'll have one and cheers with the FTR. FTR dumps their beer on Omega's head. FTR but Young Bucks holding back. FTR walk to their vehicle and get in. Wheeler tries to get it started but looks to have some trouble. Whoops. Well Taz leaves the commentary to help Brian Cage get ready for his title match against AEW World Champion John Moxley in our main event. Well Jericho heads out to the ring with Santana, Ortiz and Jake Hager. Jericho with some orange juice in hand then he takes the mic. He says last week he not only won the match but he won the ratings war as well. Did he though? Jericho says he's going to explain ratings and says, while it's great to win overall viewers, it's all about the 18-49 to 49 demo, which he never lost. I'm the demo god. Jericho says he knows what the people, Orange Cassidy, wants a rematch. The network, advertisers and the demo want the rematch. Jericho says if you want it, you aren't getting one. Oh, well, Jericho says Cassidy took him to the edge but couldn't get the job done. Crowd chance you're scared. Jericho stops 
and talks and says the demo god is never scared. Jericho says congrats to Cassidy for standing in the ring for one night. Now he can go back to his best friends. He takes a sip for Orange and then pours one of Cassidy's dead career. Cassidy music hits and he makes his way slowly down through the stands. Jericho says Cassidy is too lazy to be the level of Jericho. He calls Cassidy a sloth and that he's entitled. He tells Orange that you you will never be you'll never get a rematch. More you scared chance. Jericho tells Cassidy to shove his glasses up his ass and get out of the arena. Cassidy gives him a weak thumbs up and then a thumbs down. From the rafters comes a whole lot of orange juice on in a circle. Ortiz swims and flops around. Jericho says his jacket costs seven grand. Jericho asks for a towel. He gets one, opens it up, and it's a photo of Cassidy's face. In a circle, point it out as we go to break. Well, again, a lot going on there, but we've seen it before, but used in different ways. It is entertaining. A grumpy Jericho has to join a commentary. He says it will be a rematch against Cassidy. Well, it is the Elite, and it's the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy. Well, Jungle Boy and Nick get things started. Back and forth action between each wrestler. Hangman Page having a drink in the back and watching it. Omega and Stunt tag in. Stunt taunts Omega a bit, but Kenny throws him to the mat. He then seems unbothered by Stunt, but he ends up getting the best of him. Omega ditches the shirt, then tags in Matt. Luchasaurus gets tagged in. Big kick to the head. Cover. Only a two. Two. Jurassic Express all over Elite. Stunt decides to do the floss dance on the floor. Nick with a kick to stop that nonsense. Omega look for his big drive over the top rope, taking out two opponents, but Jungle Boy with a Hurricane Rana, sending Nick to the floor. He hits a clothesline on Omega, then a springboard swinging DDT in the ring. Luchasaurus tags in, chokeslam, sanding moonsault, cover, and two. Two. FTR joins Hangman Page, who looks a bit surprised, but they end up asking for a drink. Well, Omega with V-triggering another one. He hits a snapjack and suplex with stunt, leaps off the top, and another one. Jungle Boy in the ring and he takes that lifted into the ring from the floor and hits a hurricane runner on Omega. Extension effect on Omega. Cover, but the Bucks break it up. They go out to the floor and battle for a moment. Serio super kicks on Luchasaurus. Triple Tiger Driver 98. Cover, two. Two. The teams battle, leaving Omega in the ring with Stunt. He goes for a one-winged angel. Stunt gets out. Roll up. One, two. No. Omega hits a V-trigger. One-winged angel. Lands... This time, cover, and that will do it. Yeah, the winners, the elite via pinfall and post-match Omega smiles weirdly, then swings away on stunt a little bit more. Young Bucks immediately stop him, but Omega looks a bit off his rocker for a moment. Jurassic Express look annoyed and tell Omega to back off. He slumps back in a corner, talking to himself. So is this a start we thought maybe Paige was going to be the weird one? Is this Omega kind of getting a little bit strange and maybe a heel turn coming up for him? Well, it certainly looks that way. It's... Uh... I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how this kind of Omega thing folds out. But backstage, women's champ Hiroku Shida talks with Alex Marvez. Shida's asked if Nyla Rose should get another rematch due to the top contenders being out of action for various reasons. Shida says anyone can challenge and is Rose brave slash strong enough? She wants to see it. Well, earlier today, John Moxley says the last few weeks have not been the best for the champion, and he's been bothered by many things. Moxley says tonight he'll be able to purge his anger for low as he defends the title. Moxley says, according to Taz, he can't land his finisher to Cage because he's just too big. Moxley says maybe he'll just rip Cage's torn bicep in two, the same one he just had surgery. Well, up next is Brandy Rhodes and Ali with Dustin Rhodes versus MJ Jenkins and Kendi Page. Well, Rhodes quickly drops Page, Ali with some shots and knee lift. Brandy with a blind tag and she drops Paige. Ali barks at Brandy and these two are not getting along. Paige with a wild swing and then drops her. Jenkins gets tagged in. Ali with a clothesline. Kicks slapped to the face. And then with a bulldog, 
Brandy with a spear on Page. Ali eats a knee, but then it's a reverse DDT elbow drop on Jenkins. Cover, one, two, three. And the women's moment is over just as yes. quickly as it started. Well, Nyla Rose is in the ring with Dasha. Rose is asking her who her manager's going to be, but Rose says she's not telling. She will let them say it for themselves. Out comes Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me! Guerrero says when she and Rose go after the title, it will be at the perfect time. Guerrero continues that the women room should stop lying to themselves that they are any good at all, and Rose will take everything that they have ever dreamed of. Well, next week on AEW Dynamite, we're going to get TNT champion Cody will defend his championship. Hangman Page versus Five with Brody Lee. We've got Evie Less versus Diamante. MJF with Wardlow in action. Young Bucks versus The Butcher and a Blade. Falls count anywhere. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And probably a lot more as well. And you can catch that, like, say, on TV for every Friday on um, your normal TV. You don't have to pay for it. But anyway, now it's time for the main event of the podcast. And it is, like we said, the machine, Brian Cage versus John Moxley. Predictions in this one, I know no one cares. I've gone Moxley. I too have gone Moxley. Um, well, Taz gets on the mic for the match and says, Moxley came on his show and was chirping. Taz says Cage is healthy and has been training his ass off while Moxley was in quarantine with his wife. And, of course, we know the story we spoke about on the podcast with Moxley. Uh, Renee Young has tested positive for COVID-19. And, unfortunately, Moxley had to miss um, Fighter Fest and do Fight the Fallen. But has it worked out for AEW? Because they would have got smashed last week anyway, wouldn't they? So, having... well, would they have? Would people have rather have seen John Moxley versus Cage to see what could have happened? How big a star do you think Moxley is? Is Moxley a bigger star than anything they've got in NXT? Um, it is a tough one because, you know, you're talking about Keith Lee and Adam Cole. I mean, I don't think... I think Keith Lee versus Adam Cole is rated higher than Moxley versus Cage for the simple fact of Cage. But Moxley is a bigger star than I think anything on NXT. Like we said, he was a success in WWE and decided to leave as opposed to anything else as well. What have you thought of John Moxley's run as AEW champion? When we talked about against former WWE guys, this is against someone who won the opportunity at double or nothing. Is this the right opponent for him? I think it's good to have a change up for John Moxley. Again, you know, I'd like to see a bit more from him. Since he's had the title, it's kind of been, right... We're all going to fight to be your next challenger. You know, it's kind of everyone else trying to decide to be his challenger. Whereas, you know, when John Moxley was going for titles in WWE, he was kind of going all out to go for the title. You know, you kind of saw more of him. You kind of saw more of what he was about. Yeah, without a doubt, this is broken down straight away. Moxley just got in the ring and Paige went to attack. We see Moxley having to use his speed in this, but the uh, power of Cage. But you've seen Brian Cage, of former Impact uh, wrestling world champion as well there. So, I mean, he's an impressive specimen. There's no doubt about that. He is an impressive specimen, but, you know, could you class him in the same category as someone like Chris Masters? Oh. You know, someone who is built like fuck, but can't move, or would you say he's he's as good in the ring as he is big? I think he's as good as the ring. Uh, maybe not as good in the ring as he is big, but he is quite good in the ring, and I think to come into that opportunity straight away, though, is a little bit difficult. I think AEW have got a lot of big hills that we've seen with Brody Lee and Jake Hager and now um, with Cage going against Moxley, Moxley needing uh, to beat them. You know what I mean? It's, it's a very simple kind of thing. And what about someone like MJF or, or somewhere else? It's how long is Moxley going to be champion for? Indeed, yes. Um, 
Is it a long-term thing for him? Well, who would be his next challenger? You know, if he does overcome Brian Cage somehow, who would be up next for him? Uh, you know, MJF, but he keeps losing tag team matches. Omega maybe looked a bit different. I mean, it's not anybody that really stands out unless there's a kind of rematch with the Dark Order or something like that. I would say the Hill side of AEW is, is lacking a little bit, I think would be fair to say. And uh, it's even like Lance Archer, who came in, looked great, and even though he lost that match, and it's not terrible that he lost that one match, but it just, it's momentum, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, Absolutely. I'd like to see someone like Darby Allen have a chance. Oh, that'd be a great shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Moxie could have, it doesn't have to just be big guys. And, you know, this time he's going for the arm of uh, Cage, which is probably a good idea. So the WTF or FTW or whatever it is. FTW, yeah. Whatever that title is. Can Cage lose this to Moxley, or is this title not on the line? His is it a defended title, or is it only given to someone with respect? It's not. Def- it's not defended championship. It's Taz's, and he gave it. It's the oh, only. Okay, it's basically like the million dollar belt then. Yeah, basically that. Right. And now Cage is getting his arm worked on, and this is kind of different style to what we've seen from anything. I mean, it's been a whirlwind when you consider NXT in with this as well. And like you said, maybe the main event of this is not maybe on a par to what we saw in NXT. But I think overall, and of course we discussed it, I think AEW has been as good as Great American Bash. In parts, it has. Um, you know, certainly the lack of women's division, that is very noticeable. Uh, the lack of women's talent as well. Um, the tag team matches, yeah, I'll give it to AEW. The tag team matches have been a lot better than what is to offer in NXT. Um, the mid-cards... I'd call it an even draw, and the heavyweight title, I think I'm going to have to give that to NXT as well. And again, it's not being biased, but I think the Keith Lee-Adam Cole would be a bigger draw than K versus Moxley. But, uh, and, but like we say, Moxley is the biggest star of them all. Yeah, he, yeah I'm not taking it away yeah. from Moxley. He's the biggest star of the four of them. But the match that I'd be more interested in seeing would be the Lee versus Cole. What would your... My, my, my match that I want to see is... Um... Just thought it would be Keith Lee and Adam Cole, yeah. I mean, this one with a little bit more... but It's been good build-up, don't get me wrong. And it's going to be interesting match-up. Uh, but I probably... This is on the same level as Jericho, the Orange Cassidy match, because I was, I was looking forward to that as well. And everything else has just been quite a pleasant surprise, you know. Uh, we felt a bit... In NXT, there's a bit of a lull during the Dexter Loomis Roderick Strong match. Uh, and obviously, you know, with that... It would give people a chance to maybe tune around, uh, tune into something else. But I think for AEW, they're quite lucky to have Fight of the Fall in a week later to just hopefully get the victory back as well in the ratings and just say, right, Moxley is still a draw. Still like, you know, over a million people watching wrestling. So it's still a great thing for it to happen as it's broken down on the outside now and Moxley has got a barricade. So is this allowed? Anything goes. Oh, it's anything goes. Anything goes with Moxley involved. I think the world champion says that. He's got his own set of rules, as as we know. As Cage now going to reverse him. No, both blocking it. So Cage has been so strong. You know, it's kind of like how Brody Lee was portrayed when he came in. Bit of a disappointing finish to the Brody Lee uh, Moxley match. Would you be just as disappointed if that match kind of ended in a similar way to this? Yeah, I think he hasn't got much of a choice because you don't want to sacrifice Cage straight away, you know. And this is the problem with building someone strong is that if they get beaten and you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't that big a deal. And you just feed... It's the Hulk Hogan thing of feeding 
uh, big bad heels to the babyface champion? And how long can people be happy with but doing it twice on the bounce? Yeah, but this is the thing we've seen with um, Hager and Archer with the TNT Championship. I know it's a little bit different because Cody, but this is what they're doing at the moment. I think Darby Allen versus Moxley would be something completely different to anything you see in, uh, in NXT. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It will be. But, you know, at least that match would have a definitive finish. Yes. But it's, it's AEW's, like I said, they've got the problem that they need name value and they need to build the stars up as well. Maybe this will be Omega's year to kind of break out. The same with uh, Cody as well. You know, we might see attitude changes from that. Omega versus Moxie could still be this year, possibly on pay-per-view. But do you think they're kind of holding back some of the uh, the main storylines for the sake of having a crowd? I, I think they're. I don't think AEW have because, like I said, with Brody and uh, Matt Hardy, I mean, in front of the crowd, that would have been awesome, you know. But uh, I, I think that sometimes he's just got to give their best shot because, like I said, people are still watching at home. I think with Raw and SmackDown, that might be a problem, but I don't think we're seeing it on Wednesdays as of yet. As both men now again brawling, we've seen Cage suplex Moxley on the barricade and then through that chair, oh. and you can see it bent up and folded. And Brian Cage, you know, he's a big guy, but he's stayed with Moxley step for step in this one. And I do like Taz as a mouthpiece as well. I do, because Brian Cage seems like someone that doesn't really have the talkability to having someone like Taz who, yeah, you know, he can definitely talk on the mic. You know, we've heard him as a commentator for a while as well. I think he's a really underrated commentator, to be fair. Yeah. And uh, I think he's got that kind of, with the accent, you know, the Brooklyn accent quite as well, rather than a kind of, you know, it's a bit like, you know, obviously, Heyman and Lesnar and stuff like that. I think it works well. Not like I'm saying Brian Cage is going to be the next Brock Lesnar, but let's like say AEW get given a chance. As Moxley now trying to fight away from Cage. And Cage turns it into a slam, looking to go up top. Jump, springboard, moonsault. Whoa. Very nice from the big man. Misses completely, though. <laughs> Moxley, with a running knee, sends Cage bounce who pretty much immediately gets back up to his feet. And he's been met with a knee to the side of the head. And Moxley again with a knee, but Cage just shook it off and clothesline. I don't know, it's like Cage was kind of moving around to get into the correct position. <laughs> he was facing the wrong way, and Moxley's like, no, mate, the other way. So he kind of turned around. And Cage now with a knee up. And that was impressive. But don't forget, he's had surgery on that one. And Moxley... Bang, hits the DDT. And that paradigm shift, even. No, I think that was just the other one. Well, I say that because only Taz said... Moxley couldn't hit that move on Brian Cage. You're talking, mate. <laughs> Cage now in serious trouble. And yeah, with Jericho selling it as such. And Moxley now wondering what he's going to do to get the job done. You can see Taz there holding the uh, championship and his uh, traditional orange towel as well as Moxley sends Cage up. Superplex from the top. Can Moxley get a cover in? One, two, no. Well... Cage got the shoulder up at two. Two. But straight into that uh, kind of Kimura lock there. And Moxley's target that throughout the whole night. But Cage, to his credit, powers Moxley up. Power bombs into the turnbuckle. And now Moxley in trouble as Cage goes up to that second rope. Look at the superplex. Moxley back in. Huge power. And now Taz saying, come on, now's your chance. And Cage feels it. The end is near. It looks like he's signing for the end. We're looking for the suplex, but Moxley managing to roll round. The cross arm breaker. <laughs> and Cage now locking his hands and the strength blocking his submission. And Moxley trying to chomp away at the head to get that arm free. And Cage still caught. 
And Mox are now just joint manipulation, working the fingers. Wrenching the fingers apart while trying to wrench the arm back. Okay, he's trying to power up to his feet. Looks like he's got a pin on Moxley. Well, referee's oh. still checking, but shoulders weren't down. And now in position, we talk about long-term effects. And Cage somehow managed to turn around, but it's still <laughs> in all sorts of trouble. Telling Taz he's number one. And Taz can't believe it. He's seen his man getting broken. Long-term effects. Taz throws the towel in. And that's it. Moxley is still your AEW world champion, Dan. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm sure Brian Cage is going to have to say about that. But Moxley, in, in what I'd say is quite dominant fashion. Yeah. Completely like outsmarted Brian Cage and forced Taz to throw the towel in. Uh, now Taz just taking Cage out there. Oh no, he's having a chat to him. What's Cage's reaction going to be to Taz as he picks up his FTW belt? Oh. Plants Moxley over the head with it. Oh, Cage. The lights have gone out. And what is going on? Shots to Moxley. Oh! Darby Allen with a skateboard to the throat of Cage. Well, Darby Allen's taken out by Cage at double or nothing. And it looks like Darby Allen's returned to, te- to return the favour to Brian Cage. And saving John Moxley in the process. So we see Moxley and Allen. I mean, these are two guys. Oh, these are top two guys in AEW at the moment. I mean, we talk about the match itself. I mean, very, very strange there for Moxley. Actually, very easy towards the end to get the win. But Darby Allen back, taking out Cage. Interesting times. Yeah, absolutely. And that good is to it. see Darby back there. It is good. It is good. I'm glad you are a fan of someone on AEW. And There's that... two people in the ring I'm a fan oh, of. Oh, yeah, Moxley and Darby. And we ended on a positive, you see. Uh, so that is it. Our final scores are 11-8 to Dan. He gets a win, so he goes 2-1 up on AEW. I don't know how, but still. Um, very interesting times as Cage looking to come back down, but Taz stopping him from doing so. So that is it. And in the latest round of uh, Wednesday Night Wars, Wars, AEW came out ahead of NXT. Brian Alvarez says, Great American Bash follow-up earned 631000 while AEW's Fight of the Fallen generated 780,000. Of course, main event of this. Uh, what are your thoughts on it then? AEW finally get the win back before we end. Well, what? I think, you know, these two guys probably party to it. You know, uh, the returning Darby Allen, John Moxley, kind of, I think with huge win over Brian Cage, I mean, it kind of dominated him. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, we'll get on to that. Uh, right now where we look back and see what we thought of AEW and we started off with MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express what are your thoughts on this Dan? Um, As I say I'm not a fan of uh, MJF whatsoever I think Wardlow could do better on his own as a heel Um, as we mentioned later on it was like AEW are lacking a monster heel that can kind of come in and annihilate people I think Wardlow could possibly do that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus Rex. I think they're kind of fun characters. You know, they do have a bit of talent about themselves as well. I gave that a three and three quarters out of five. I gave that a three and a half out of five. Uh, and then we have versus four for the Women's Championship. Again, a match that was too short, but really enjoyable. Penelope Ford put in, as Jericho said, a, a career-defining performance here tonight. And that's all you want from your performance, win or lose, to put in the best performance. Absolutely, yeah. Ford, she put in a good performance, but... Again, you know, there wasn't enough. It didn't kind of drag me into it. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see, you know, because it was kind of obvious that Sheeta was going to win this. 
Well, that is it. I gave it three and a half out of five. I though. gave that a three and a quarter out of five. We had Jake Hager versus Cody Rhodes. Um, Jake Hager looked like he'd been in a 50-minute Ironman match. He was sweating profusely. He didn't do too badly, though. Um, I'm not too sure on how these kind of styles mesh. Cody Rhodes, supposed to be the face, kind of doing a bit healy tactics to try and get the victories. I don't know, is that kind of doing it to get one back on the heel opponent? Is it? I, you know, I'm not sure. No. It'd be interesting. Um, I go that three and a half out of five. I go that three and a half as well. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Private Party versus Santana Ortiz. Uh, Mager and Page versus Best Friends, which was the main event of the first night. And then into the second night, Mager and Page versus Private Party. Private Party were awesome in this matchup. Yeah, Private Party, definitely the standout performers in this. Um, yeah, they're, they're just two guys with a huge future ahead of them and they've got a lot to offer the OB tag division. Yeah, I really enjoyed this tag team match. I gave it a four out of five. I'll go that three and three quarters out of five. And then we had after that Archer versus Janela and then the eight-man tag team match, FTR and the Bucks versus Butcher Blade and the Lucha Bros. Again, a great tag team match. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Uh, you could kind of see the storyline that they're trying to get off, though, about um, FTR and the Young Bucks. They're obviously going to come to headers very soon. Um, but as you say, you know, it was um, all about Lucha, Lucha Bros that kind of took the shine away from it. I think without a doubt. Uh, but I gave that uh, <laughs> a four and a half out of five. I gave that a four and a quarter. And then we had Dark Order versus SCU. And then Orange Cassidy versus Jericho. This was my match of the night. Because, again, like you said, a one-trick pony in Cassidy proved that he's actually a great performer. And to mimic that piques your interest and then you can improve upon it is something that I think is, is pretty genius as opposed to anything else. Uh, and I think Jericho proving with the right opponent in the right time can tell a brilliant story. Dan? Um, yeah, I think Chris Jericho, he kind of elevated Cassidy to have the best match that he has had in AEW. You know, without a doubt. Um, what else can he offer? I've, I've no idea. You know, what can he do from here? He's, it, realistically, he's not going to be going for the AEW World Championship. He may get a shot at Cody's TNT god-awful looking championship. I don't think he's going to be a tag champ either. So, you know, a mid-card is, I think that's going to be the highest point of his career. Well, inter- I go at four and three, at uh, four and three quarters out of five. I gave that a four and a quarter. Out. And then our main event, Cage versus Moxley. I was very surprised at the ending because it seemed Moxley controlled that very easily. Yeah, um, from the dominant performance that we had from Cage in that Casino Battle Royal to get the shot against Moxley, I think you know we didn't see half of what the bloke did in that match. Um, and then for John Moxley to say, well, I'm going to target the surgically repaired shoulder, tricep, whatever, and then go after it with relative ease and manage to take it down, forcing Taz to throw in the towel. I was like, you know, it's, it's a bit weird. Uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I gave that a three and a half out of five as well. All right. So uh, my match tonight was Orange Cassidy and Jericho. Yours was? Um, I'll have to give it to OC and Y2J. Yeah, you do. I just want to hear you say it. Uh, who was your man of the night? My man of the night was um, Lucha Bros. Uh, I think they put in a good performance. They kind of took away a bit of the shade away from the uh, the 
you know, the FTR and the Young Bucks kind of angle. It was, um, it was, you know, they are just very impressive tag team as well. You know, they could do some gravity-defying moves, yeah. which is, you know, absolutely brilliant. Shout out to Private Party as well, what they can do. Uh, but obviously, mine is OC. Uh, right, score out of ten. Uh, first, I'll, I'll start, and I'll say I enjoyed AEW as much as I did NXT. And yes, I think the main event delivered more, but I think the undercard in AEW had more to it than NXT did. Uh, and, you know, even tag team wrestling uh, to the side, I still really enjoyed it. I think we saw some fan. I think every wrestler on both shows performed to their absolute best. And I think we see it here with AEW as well. I think when you look at Private Party, when you look at Penelope Ford, when you look at the Lucha Bros, Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, uh, even Moxley seemed confident and cool in the main event. Was it the right thing? Maybe not. But again, he's got an air of confidence about him. Uh, I enjoyed AEW as much as NXT, and that's why I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8.25 out of 10. I think it was there, but it was, it was again missing something. I think the huge moment that we had with Keith Lee holding both titles above his head while we had the ticker tape parade. I don't feel we had that kind of moment in AEW. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there. All right, so we do the poll on Twitter, and we're just going to run through the results and give any comments as well. Uh, the first one was, the, of course, the 10th of June episodes of AEW and NXT, and AEW won the poll 64% to 36%. And at Hal Rowe said, oh man, not even debatable, AEW was better. And yes, I watched both. What about June 17th episode, Dan? It was AEW 61% to NXT 39%. Uh, Tim said, honestly, enjoyed both shows last night. The Cruiserweight title, finally in the spotlight. The announcement by Regal was amazing. Plus, the women's title match was good. Also, the feud between Cage Moxley is definitely going to steal night one of Fighter Fest. Uh, Captain Awesome said the women's tag match on NXT was probably the match of the night for me but top to bottom AEW was still better to me Knox and Blackheart are really fun to watch as a team and hope that goes somewhere well the 24th of June again AEW beat NXT 58% to 42% Captain Awesome says there's some bright spots on both shows but AEW just overall more entertaining than NXT We'll see how things evolve, but the direction NXT seems to be going. I may change my view. And that how Rose says AEW is clearly better. It's just sad they didn't tune in. Um, the next one, 2nd of July. It was uh, Fighter Fest and Great American Bash. It was 50-50. Couldn't even call outs on that one now. All right, the next one was uh, the 8th of June. And AEW beat NXT 53% to 47%. Uh, at Jimmy Evans said NXT Great American Bash. The Night Rockers at AEW. I don't get to watch uh, NXT till Friday. Uh, Boston 34 said NXT. Whole of the Arse said AEW had the show of the year. And Bad News for Brian said Night 2 of Fighter Fest was the best wrestling show in months. Um, and the latest one, it was put up on the 16th. It's still got 14 hours, 40 feet, 3 minutes left. Come on, you NXT guys. AEW winning 70% to 30%. Come on, we need to get a win for the NXT. So... That tells you saying that AEW on Twitter is more liked. So, Dan, it means all the shit-talking that you were saying earlier on the podcast is going to come back with all these AEW guys. It's going to be great. And don't forget, it is at the WNR Dan. Anyway, um, next episode is the first time ever we've not had enough wrestling today. We're going to have a WNR double feature. It's going to be Extreme Rules 
and Slammiversary. For the first time ever, we're going to have Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. Can't wait. Also, we're on the road to 8K on Twitter. Hopefully, we can reach that before the WNR 300. And that's coming August 9th. And I'm not going to make any prediction. It's going to be the greatest podcast of all time. Our WNR follower of the week is No New Winged Angel. None Winged Angel. None. What, what was it again, Dan? <laughs> None Winged Angel. Or. Astouche Doobie. That would be easy. So don't forget, that is it. We're across all social media Twitter at the WNR I'm at WNR Dan. I'm at the WNR JR. We're also on Facebook. Yes, the WNR Podcast on Facebook and also Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. Also, the late, uh, also YouTube, the WNR Podcast, where we have the latest clips. Yeah, and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as they do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also, Stitcher and Spreaker, where we do our live shows. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So, that is it. Yes, and the next episode is the WNR Double Feature. So, we've done both. We watched NXT and AEW, and like we said, up next is going to be Extreme Rules and Slammiversary. But till then, I've been James Rowland, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.